Egwene stood with her, rather than returning to her study immediately. It felt relaxing to stare out at the distant light, so welcoming and noble. Storms will soon come, it seemed to say, but for now, I am here. I am here, but I don't know where Clarus is. That is right. What's up, Internet? My name's Nerdy, and I'm Clarus, and this is The Nerdy, The Wordy, The Book Club. This is the final episode of the chapter sections of The Gathering Storm. We will have a full book recap next week, which I will hopefully have a uh, co-host for. Uh, I'm assuming at some point during the show I will I will get one. But um, for now, you, you just get me. Hi, chat. How you doing? How is everybody? Thanks for being here. We have a couple of people to say thank you to already this morning. Um, Arazu Kashefapur, thank you for gifting five memberships. Oh, there she is. Is that what you think I sound like? All right, I, yeah, I'm Clarice Polaris. Wow. Yeah. Uh, there was, there was a, oh my God, wait, I think I lost it. What? There was a um, super chat and there were two other people who joined the Nargs uh, and the, 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 the chat went away. Thank you for that super chat and for joining the Nards, y'all. Get over here. What are you doing? Sorry. Well, I was going to go try and look for this super chat. What's she doing? Super chat. Clarus, how you doing? I'm good. Yeah, no, the first thing that's on here for me is... Um, Arzu, thank you for five gifted subs. Yeah, I also saw you, this morning, though, that... Because uh, I was I popped in the Someone chat. Someone said cool. And oh. and Dirt Dirt Burb also gifted subs as Already? well. Already? Yeah. Dirt Burb? Dirt Burb was like early Before bird we were live. Early burb gets the worm. <laughs> Michael Kioski, thank you for $5 for the beard fund. The beard will be back. Beard fund. <laughs> <clears throat> the beard will be back. Yeah, don't worry. This was a mistake, but it's fine. No, well, you did that on purpose. It wasn't a mistake. It, it, just because you do something on purpose doesn't mean it's not a mistake. That depends. Mistakes aren't accidents. Mistakes are things that you did wrong. Yeah, but like... <laughs> Doing something on purpose does not preclude it from being a mistake. You know what? It's not noon yet. Hey, my brain. Uh, all right, y'all. On low power mode. We have officially read twelve books of the Wheel of Time. Crazy, Hell right? Yeah, let's go. Some crazy shit. Um, yeah, you know, there's been some ups and some downs. Not in this book. It's mostly ups. Uh, most mostly ups. This book rocks. Uh, yeah, this book's fucking fantastic. I really like the Gathering Storm, y'all. Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, we do have a. Um, uh, housekeeping? A, a little bit of housekeeping. Housekeeping. Because we're doing a morning show on Monday. Oh. Yeah. 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 Come hang out with us Monday at 11 a.m. We're going to be talking all about the role play relay, uh, making some announcements. Yeah. We got some big stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be fun. Guys. We're going to be announcing um, a, uh, I think we can just say it, right? I Let mean, book club know first. Yeah, book. You guys, you guys are here. Don't tell anyone. Right on time. You know, you get you get to know before anybody else, I guess. So. Uh. So on Monday we're gonna be dropping a Kickstarter for the roleplay relay. Mm -hmm. It's not the kind of Kickstarter where like if the Kickstarter succeeds or doesn't, the thing will happen or not. We're doing no. the roleplay relay no matter what. Yes. Uh, but we wanted uh, if people wanted to you know help us fund the thing, uh, we wanted to give people the opportunity to um, be a part of the game. Uh, and yes. so uh, there will be uh, NPCs that the you can name for a small donation or uh, for a larger donation you can name the big bad. Uh, yes. One person is going to get to name the big bad. Big bad's up for grabs. There's also uh, magic items. Like there's going yeah. to be just different like tiers, I guess. 
Um, you know, there's going to be like a general support tier if you want to just be like, yeah, woo, excited for this, cool. No. Um, but um, we are going to be offering you guys stuff in exchange because there's things that we, like we want to incorporate the audience into the show as much as possible, yeah. but it's really hard to do that. It, uh, like um, in the middle of it, especially when we're running for seven days straight. Yes. Uh, so we are like pre-allowing chat to be a part of the story. Um. So yeah, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. And make sure you come by the morning show for that. That's eleven a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Monday. Uh, uh. Yeah. So come join us for a nightly morning show. We haven't done one in a while. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. Uh, we'll, bri- we'll probably talk some nerd news as well. But yeah, uh, a lot talk of the Little Mermaid. Today. Uh, Brian E.T., uh, thank you for that super chat. Thank you for the super Since chat. Since we heard Nerdy's banger impression of Claris, can we hear Claris's impression of Nerdy? <laughs> oh, come on. I want to hear it. Ooh, what's up, Internet? My name's Nerdy. That's, that's <laughs> That was just got. you, but louder. Yeah. You, did, you didn't change your voice at all. I pitched it down. Like, if I were to do it with me, I'd be <laughs> like, oh, what's up, Internet? My name's Nerdy. Like, that's, like, my voice, and I, I put you, like, a little bit down here. But no, no, you just put me in your normal speaking voice, and instead well, of your show, your live not in my. Vo- I can't. I can't today. There's no. Well, but I mean, this isn't my speaking voice, but I still put it on for. Yes, but you have an extra set of vocal cords. No, you have an extra muscle. <laughs> no, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I mean, Men, we, we both have an extra set of vocal folds. That is true. Sorry, yes, but uh, you you have uh, men have a larger range with their vocal folds because of the you can shorten them. Mm-hmm. What? It's true. You got there, dude. I did. Okay, I know some things. Uh, Turvok says, "Can we name the big bad cat Swain for a sizable donation?" You can. Uh, Turvok, thank you so much. Welcome back to the dinner table. But but yes, that that is possible. I would like it known. Um, that uh, I'm playing Stardew Valley right now, and all of my animals are named after um, uh, Wheel of Time characters. And I finally, um, I finally found a dinosaur egg, and it hatched into a dinosaur, and I named it Kid Swain. <laughs> uh, that is very funny. You'll never guess my horse's name. Carlac, uh, Carlac, uh, <laughs> thank you for uh, the super chat. Uh, thank you for convincing me to never shave my beard off. That one feels mean. Um, but I appreciate uh, <laughs> you're you doing the Lord's to work. mock me. You're doing the Lord's work, you know? <laughs> LW, thank you for five thank gifted you so memberships. Thank you for five memberships. Uh, it, it's the start of the show, and we have a review that we promised to read from Apple Podcasts. You can go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. We will read literally anything that you write uh, as evidenced by what I'm about to read, because I don't know what Iljwam said, but this is what Iljwam wrote about our show on Apple Podcasts. It is important we remember, Twas the fifth night of November, when they considered, when, when they conspired to dismember England's governmental core, for distinctly their own reasons, they committed many treasons. At the changing of the seasons, treasons many would abhor. With gunpowder they had stashed away deep down beneath the floor. Only this, or something more. I can think of no excuses for overlooking these abuses. In fact, I feel it introduces cause to ruminate forevermore. If we let ourselves forget it, I fear one day we'll regret it. In the future we may get hit, perils facing us once more. Yes, filthy, vile Catholic perils will be facing us once more, here and now, just like before. Conspirators, they number many, more than halfway up to twenty. It's Guy Fox who most among them that we heartily deplore. Certainly it was his motive, he believed it sacred, votive, to render via detonation king and parliament no more. He would, oh, this is so fucking long. He would have both king and parliament explode and be no more. Kill them all is what he swore. 
Underneath the tower, Doug He, violent Catholic evil thug, he... Oh, Doug He, violent Catholic evil thug He, oh, wow, that is that is a use of commas, uh, waited for <laughs> them to assemble barrels numbering three score. Barrels numbering three score. The scansion of this is a little bit rough. Um, <laughs> sorry, I know this is a very famous poem, but there is some, there is some shenanigans, okay, in this poem. Mm-hmm. Really, there were 36 there, piled up with coal and sticks, where he held his lantern and his matches set to make the fires roar. Numbers might be off, it's true, but rhyming truly can be such a chore. Yeah, that's a weird, that is, that is a weird skin. Date and time, November 4. Uh, oh my God, there's three more paragraphs! <laughs> It was lucky that they, they caught him deep below the earth. They fought him in the morning. There should be a there should be a limit on no, how long I, the reviews on Apple could. No, be. I, I, yeah, no, I know. It was lucky that they caught him deep below the earth. They fought him in the morning. Then they brought him to the king. He was done for. Johnson is my name. He told them blatant lies. He d- did not to hold them. Well, out they went to once uh, through the countryside explore, knowing as they did that where there's one, there's always must be more. I can't read faster because I'm dyslexic. This is so hard. <laughs> Go and knock on every door. Fox was hanged and drawn and quartered, making him a fair bit shorter. This was by the king's own order, real unnecessary gore. Every year since we, then we burn him into an effigy, we turn him, making sure our children learn grim lessons from the days of yore. Grim lessons, they had little of need of these for brutal days of yore. Also fireworks galore, I am so dyslexic. Nowadays it's just for funsies, don't wish it on anyone, please. We care very little for the insurrection anymore. It has become a fun tradition, so each year a new edition, reimagined fresh edition that you've never seen before. A long pretentious grandiose attempt to top the year before. Each Year today, more. God. Fuck yeah, Eldrum, let's go. You, uh, you made it through, you know. I'm surprised they didn't put the lyrics of Hamilton. That one you could have just done. <laughs> we get DMCA'd by an Apple Podcast review. I can see it happening. Patrick and thank you so much. Patrick, for that. thank you for the super chat. I apologize sincerely to our podcast listeners. Um, Watch Nerdy slowly lose his mind as he's forced to read a poem live on stream. <laughs> Is someone going to put the entire chapter of The Last Battle in, this <laughs> in an Apple podcast? I just you? want people, I just want to, like, I just want to watch someone be like, oh, the Nerdy Woody Book Club, that sounds interesting. Let me read a review for it. <laughs> Why did someone post the entirety of Remember, Remember, the 5th of November? Oh, my God. Fucking... No, no, no. That's, you know what? Um... Oh, man, I have a tongue twister no. redeem on Twitch, and um, as a professional, you did very well. Thank you. I did not. That was terrible. <laughs> uh, there, we, There is something we should talk about before we get into the book today. What? Yeah. Oh. Oh! Right. I almost forgot. What? Uh, well, in case you didn't realize, we uh, we got a date. You said I mean, yes, we've been on said, many dates. Yeah, you said you'd go on a date with me. So. Yeah, yeah. Clarissa and I went on a date last week that you yeah. guys paid for. It was good. Oh, yeah, that, was actually, that was Fast great. X was not good, but, um, ooh, question. You were you were neither a fan of Fast X nor, you didn't love Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid was Which fine. one did you like more? Compare well, Fast X and Little Mermaid really quick live on stream. Uh, Little Mermaid is definitely a better movie. Boom, done. Moving on. So, no, uh, we got a date for the show. Um. Yeah. Yeah, we got a date for season two of The Wheel of Time. It's a terrible date. Uh, it's it's the worst date possible. Literally for us. the worst date that they could have possibly chosen. We're gonna be at Dragon Con, so we will be drunk uh, at 10 a.m. Uh, it's gonna be a fun drunk book club. Uh, Why are we gonna be drunk at 10 a.m.? Because it's Dragon Con. No sleeping. No uh, sleep till Brooklyn. No, no. don't know it. Sorry. <laughs> um, don't know it. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, how chat? How are we feeling about the photos? How yeah. are we feeling about the uh, the 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 released photos? Should we go? Yeah, through them? There, there's some stuff on there. There's some stuff I've seen. Some like I feel rumors like it's bad podcast Twitter. content, but well, most people watch the YouTube video. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, podcast listeners, bear with us for a moment. But yeah, we got some photos. We got some nails. Surath serving uh, nails. Um, there's been some speculation that uh, Ishamayel's holding a terangrial, um, which uh, kind of makes sense to me. Um, I don't know why else he'd be holding. I don't think he's holding anything. Yeah, he is. There's a metal band. If you like zoom in here, control oh zoom, 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 zom zoom, zoom. No, nope. Good. Other hand. zoom. He's, All right, let's put this over here. Oh, we're gonna show them. Oh, nope. that's the wrong one. Uh, sorry, I should check on chat. How we doing, chat? Really like Maureen's dress. You know what? I agree. I think it's a fucking banger. Um. All right, there we go. Yeah, we got some photos. So I guess we'll start with like the. We're gonna start with the. the oh no, wait. There's more up top. <laughs> the Where dress. We're on digitalspy.com. Thank you, Digital Spy, for posting the photos for us. The uh, dress. Great. Fantastic. Love it. Um. Yeah. It's beautiful. Where do you think this is? Um. No idea. No idea. You're welcome. Uh, I, I, like it's it weird that everyone's in blue. Yeah, it doesn't look like the Borderlands to me. Uh, I have no basis for that. It's just my um. It is just very strange to me. Like her blue looks great, but everybody's in the same blue. Yeah, the which I find color very palette. odd. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you think it's Kyrian? Yeah, a lot of people love love or think that it's um, Kyrian. Are we going to Kyrian in season two? Here's the thing. I, I thought that when Maureen went to Kyrian, she always had the, like, slashes of colors of her her house on her dress. I don't think but the slashes I'm, are going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that style is going to be in the show. Yeah. Uh, but this looks great. I do like that she is very much, like, I'm still Aes Sedai, even though she can't channel. So I do think that that's going to be Maybe. an interesting part of... Her having to keep that ruse up. Yeah, maybe at this point she can channel again. Like, I don't know how long they're going to be able to keep Maureen from being able to use the one power. Oh, uh, To keep okay. it interesting. Um, and I don't know what episode this is from. So, who knows? But but yes, you, you have to keep up that Aes Sedai ruse, you know? After that, we have uh, we have Randall Thor looking hard already. Very hard. Very hard. Yes. Um, Randall Thor is a hard boy. He's a hard boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are saying that this is the Sanchin flag, so this is probably at Falma. Uh, so this will probably be later on in the season, I'm assuming? Yeah. I think it's going to take some time to get there, right? Yeah, like this could be um, this could be mm. the episode that he he kills the... Mm. Uh, what's his face? Turok Makto. Turok, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, Talmains? That's not it. That's the wrong character. Um, but yeah, I, I, th- we also don't know yet if this is with hair or without hair rammed. So I'm wondering <laughs> if he's bald the whole season, or maybe there is some some red peeking out of under this. We just can't see it. Yeah, no, I think it'll grow back. Rand Tamar, thank you for joining the <laughs> Nargs. Rand, thank you for nine months. Let's go. But let's get into the controversial shit. Ah, uh, the spicy stuff. Masima and the Aiel fighting side by side? Uh, yeah. Excuse me? Yeah, I think that's supposed to be Masima. I I don't I haven't looked at the casting, so I there's a part of me that hopes that Perrin's hair just grows every season, just gets taller and, and taller, and that he just like is like his hair makes him Loyal's height by the end of the show. Yeah. How are we feeling about Avienda though? Uh, I mean, it looks great. Yeah. Honestly, like I dig the Aya look. 
I think it's cool. I the, I'm not gonna lie. There's an element of the way that they did Falma. <laughs> His parent dressed as Shrek. <laughs> you just need to cut the vessel I mean, a little shorter. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You're not wrong. You ain't wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. It is very Shrek like. It's also like mossy, right? Yeah. Yeah. The oh my god, I can't unsee it. You can't unsee it. Wow, thanks. Gonna build me a wall. Narandin. Make it ten feet high. <laughs> um, I, I kind of wish that Falma, uh, like aesthetically, Falma and the Aiel are very similar to me. Yeah, yeah. They, they look like they live in the same world in a way that I find interesting. Yeah, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's intentional. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. We'll see. The costumes do, they look, they look lived in. Which is nice. That is true. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, it's it's always like weird when people are like, unless they're obviously like high high royalty, when it looks too clean and and like new. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's a bit short. There's only so much you can do with that. I feel like. Yeah. Perrin's also very tall. Like him and Rand are the two tall ones in the two rivers, mm-hmm. and Matt's a little bit shorter. So, eh, you know the whole height thing. Moraine's also tall. Like I'm just, it doesn't really matter to me. I also, I, I like Masima's armor. I think this this outfit back here Very looks cool really look. good. Yeah. Very. Good. Uh, and we get Loyal's hand here. So Loyal is here. I thought that was Loyal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny because Loyal's <laughs> shoulder looks to be, be because that shot. There's he's probably not made to look larger. Mm-hmm. His shoulder looks around the same height as Mazima's. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like where his arm rests, but that's definitely yeah, Loyal is Loyal is a taller than Ishamayo. He's not actually that tall. Loyal is Loyal is like his hair is taller than Ishamayo, but like their head heights are almost the same. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's like a little perspective going on o- here, but not much. Well, he's only about two paces back. Um, but yeah. we got the nails. We those, got the nails. Okay, those are. This way... is a woman who can't wipe. No, the, uh, the, I. This woman right here, she's wiping this woman. Probably. Um, I, I. These are way longer than I thought. Uh, Some are saying that's a white cloak arm. This? No, that's Loyal's hand. That 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 looks is a like... fake hand. That is not a human hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is way too thick. Yeah, that's thick. Yeah, that's that hand right there. Yeah. For sure. <clears throat> um, I this is the this is the image of all of the images. Mm-hmm. This is the image that gives me the most pause. Mm-hmm. Because why the <clears> fuck <throat> is the Shamayel with the with Saroth? Um, I think maybe that this means they might be cutting Semiraj. Oh, you think it's that? Yeah. Honestly, I I think that it's a possibility. Mm. Um, because obviously we know Saroth is a dark friend. Uh, mm-hmm. and, but the fact that Loyal is right behind Ashamayel is, like, really fucking weird. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. This is the image to me that both says that they're going to be very explicit about the Sanchen being evil. Yeah. In the show. Yeah. Uh, and also to me that ha- raises the most questions for me in terms of what are we going to, um... What, what what narrative are we telling around this version of Ashamayil? Because this version of Ashamayil feels more like Moradin yes. than he f- ever felt before he was brought back. Yeah. Like, it feels like they've kind of jumped over the crazy part of him mm-hmm. and gone straight to, uh, also insane, but the, the, the Moradin version of this character. Well, and you didn't really love the first version of Ashamayil. You're <clears> like, this dude's <throat> just doing the same thing over and over again. And so I can get trimming some of that fat out, you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I just, uh, I, I do hope they find a way to make him a, uh, a if he's going to be the villain of the show, mm-hmm. I hope he is intimidating 
for Rand in more than just being only accessible in dreams. Mm-hmm. Like I, I hope that the I hope the way they handle this is interesting. Yeah. Um. But but the fact that he's working so obviously with the Sanchen is going to be very interesting. Yeah, I wondered honestly if the person on the left was Semiraj. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, you know, I'm not really sure about the iconography that they're using for the Sanchen for distinguishing like who's who. So well, that this might is, be this a is truth her speaker. truth speaker. Right? Yeah, that, she has the she has the shaved half. On this side. Yeah, that that to me, I was like, maybe that's her truth speaker. Like, maybe that's just Simraj and they're introducing her uh, in um, season two. Maybe. Uh, but uh, not sure. Yeah. Honestly, not sure. I the, the thing about this that, that weirds me out is that, the, that we're already going to have a character who does not lower his eyes among the blood. Mm. And I, I like this is going to s- setting up the Sanchin culture for the audience. I think is going to be harder by having him so obviously there. Yeah, even this soldier right here is like yeah, dead straight ahead, down. and the other two are like. <laughs> yeah, and so like that's an interesting part of it, right? Like this side all got the memo until back here, but these people can't see them anymore anyway. Yeah, but this guy right here is kind of fucking up the whole thing. <laughs> He's slacking. <clears throat> um, uh, then we get. Um, uh, you know what she's thinking about here, right? She's in a kitchen, and she's like, "The last time I was in a kitchen, I, I was getting Rand. doinked by Rand yeah. so hard." So where's the kitchen Rand? of the Wine Spring Inn? Give me, give me, give me that dick. She's like, "If I bond I've Rand as my warder, if if I bond Rand as my warder, can I fuck him in this kitchen?" Which is going to bring us to um um a prediction that I have. Oh, a prediction! But I'm, not, that later. I'm not gonna lie. I want that kitchen. The stonework is just, like, so nice. Like, I'm like, fuck, I you want a castle. You want to live in a castle. I want a castle. Anyone have a spare castle? I will around? say, they, they have very, very good glass workers in Rainland. Like, the, these glasses are very consistent. It's, it's well probably done. the well sea done. folk, you know. Probably the sea folk. Yeah. Uh, and then we get Sad Matt. Sad look Matt. At, look, at cur- <laughs> uh, look at our curly-haired sad, our curly-haired? <laughs> sad boy. Sad boy Matt. You could do this cosplay really well because you've got similar hair. I'd have to dye my hair a little bit darker, but yeah. Darker? I think Not so. in the winter. That's fair. I think that's about your, like, winter color. Yeah. The problem is I'm never that sad except every time I cry, which is <laughs> awesome. I think that's all the photos. Uh, I like them. Yeah. It's cool. It's yeah. cool. You know, not, I, like, oh. we're, we're, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, oh, well. Hmm. Um... Yeah, I mean, we're not we're not really one of those like deep dive channels where we're gonna go at, over everything with a magnifying glass. I'm, I'm I'm kind of more excited to have elements of surprise, um, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <clears> that's, <throat> that's it's it's cool. It's cool. It's gonna be it's 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 gonna be the absolute worst possible date that it could be for us. But uh, it's fine. We're gonna get over it. Uh, we kind of have an idea. We'll figure it out. Yeah, plan. Yeah. No. Oh, do you want to go into it? Well, I think we should prepare people. Because a lot of people think that we're going to be um, <coughs> finishing this I think people series. are going to be upset with what we're about to say. But yeah, people are going to be a little Chat, upset. This is the last bit of housekeeping, then we're going to get into the chapters. Yes. I'm so sorry. It does not look like we were able to finish a memory. Oh, of- did we miss Nynaeve? Uh, I don't, Nynaeve was in the digital spy article, but yeah, Nynaeve is in her underpants. Yeah, in I that mean, one photo. And uh, she looks like Nynaeve. I'm assuming that's like the um, accepted test. Yeah. I, uh, my uh, my assumption, um, yeah, we hmm, we're not gonna be able to finish a memory of light before season two comes out. Yeah, uh, I know, I know, I know, uh, <laughs> I know. 
Uh, I'm upset about it as well. Um, I was really hoping that things would just line up perfectly, but they don't, unfortunately. We would have to rush the end of this series, which neither of us are willing to do. Tom Maines, thank you for that super chat. Tom Maines, thank you. Season one reaction still on. We're about to talk about that. Yes. Thank you for the super chat. Yes, thank you for the super chat. So, um, the next coming weeks, obviously next week we're doing our full recap for The Gathering Storm, which I'm very excited about, and then we will be moving on to Towers of Midnight. And then after Towers of Midnight, instead of moving on to... Well, um, after Towers of Midnight, we have the roleplay relay. Yes. Uh, um, and so that'll be two weeks. We're going to come back from the roleplay relay with yes. reactions. Uh, and then we're going to spend the month of August, uh, 11 a.m. Uh, every Friday morning. We're going to show up and we're going to talk about two episodes of the show. Yep. Uh, we're going... Uh, season one. We're going to do all of season one in August. Uh, and then we're going to do the show season two for eight weeks which is going to be september and october yes and then we're going to spend eight weeks we're going to spend all of november and all of december on the memory of light uh eight weeks yep oh i didn't know that well because we had talked about how we're doing like six parts but yeah no but we we had talked about we're going to do we're going to do the book in six chunks yeah and then we're going to do a full book recap of the memory of light right and then we're going to do a series recap stream Right. Nope. That's yeah. that's correct. Yeah. So seven weeks for the book, and then a stream that's like uh, an overview of the series as a whole. Um, we're, we're probably going to sprinkle in a couple things in between there. I think that it would be really fun to do a tier, a character tier list before moving on to Memory of Light. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something that we're we're going to do. That's a little more casual, a little more fun. Uh, we have also talked about the Wheel of Time Civilization mod as something maybe we do. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, in in the fall, yeah. That's like a, like wheel of time adjacent, but it's a little more fun. And uh, but yeah, yeah, that'll have us ending. Um, that will have us ending on the two year anniversary of the start of book club. What? So the wheel of time will be exactly almost almost exactly two years. We'll do the full series recap. It won't be, be the exact month. day. Yeah, it'll be a year and eleven months. No, it'll be two years exactly. We started on December 29th. Oh, because the show end, is eight weeks, so yeah. it's all of September, all of October. And then all of November and all of December yeah. are going to be Memory of Light, and we're going to end on, it's, we're going to have spent exactly two years on the Wheel of Time. But yeah, we're going to be, we're still yeah. going to be live almost every Friday for the rest of the year talking about Wheel of Time. Yeah. It's just that for three months, that's going to be talking about the show. Yeah. Um, and then for uh, two months, it's going to be the final book. We just, the only way that we could have gotten the Memory of Light in before the show would have been to rush it in four chunks and we I'm enjoying the book so much again that I don't want to rush the end because I I think the end is going to be worth it and I think and that I these don't books I want deserve to deserve the time I I want to take time yeah um this will all change if the show does put out three episodes on the first day obviously yeah we we're don't gonna know. take that as it comes and and just figure that out on the way it, it feels so weird yeah. that we're like so close to the end but mm -hmm. We're not going to get there for a while. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I, it's weird. I am very sad about it, but I also, like, don't want it to end. Yes. Yeah. And so I, I have, like, very conflicting um, feelings about that. So. And I don't I don't want to rush the book experience because the show's coming out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, um, I, I, want, I really want to be able to, like, dive deep on Memory of Light. Yes. And so we're, we're just, we're going to do this because I think it's going to be the best way for us to get what, the experience that we want out of the books. I know yeah. it's going to be frustrating for some people who watch the show, and I'm sorry about that. Um, I know yeah. that there are people who don't care about the show and just want to do book stuff, and I, I totally understand. Yeah. Uh, but for our sake, I think that um, 
it, it's just going to allow us to have time to enjoy it. And, and yeah. honestly, like, I think ending with, like, a Christmas book club is going to be very fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna be home for Christmas, so and then it'll we'll, be fun. Then then we're gonna start to twenty twenty four with um, uh, Murtog. We're gonna do the Aragon book first. Yeah, and then who knows what's after that? We we've still got some. It's it, you know it's kind of like Cosmere Expanse. Yeah, those are we don't know yet, two so. big contenders. But I do still want to do the Aragon book. It'll give you guys time to read it first if you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we can't do that in November anymore because obviously uh, we have time. But that we we do still want to do that. It's yeah. more of a one off, a uh, little more casual, and just something that's like really like near and dear to my heart. Um, and so, yeah, Turok, thank you for that super chat. Any word on if they're doing animated origins? The two episodes are done. Like, they're so they're, they'll come out when they come out, but... Whenever yeah. they decide to drop them, we will probably react and talk about them. But, yeah. 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 Yeah, so, yeah. with that said, Clarice, how did you feel about the end of that? That was the long... No, it's only a half hour. We have had longer housekeepings before. Yeah. Without having... Without... That weren't... N- not at all about Wheel of Time. We at least talked about the photos. There was... Yeah, there was a lot of... This was not our today. worst housekeeping ever. No, no, no. Proud of us. Not our... Guys, not our worst. Not Let's our worst. go. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have very conflicting feelings about... Um, I did see someone in chat said, um, someone in chat said, is it confirmed to be eight episodes? It is. Season two is going to be eight episodes. Eight episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Now, whether or not they drop two or three on the first day or anything like that, we we'll know. just have to take that as it comes. Yeah. And Which will suck because we will be at Dragon Con and will. Our, our content might be up a week late, but it'll be fine. We're going to do our We'll best. get the other five weeks of it on time. Yes. Yes. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> We're doing our best here and I apologize. I, yeah. I yeah, I wish the show came out at the end of September, but it doesn't fucking matter. We're here. We're here to talk about the Gathering Storm, which is a fucking banger book. How'd you feel about it? Wow. What? Just shouting at me. I mean, you. you I'm so you Want me to? Uh, no, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I liked it. I um, there's things. There's definitely things about it that I. Uh, th- there's definitely stuff in the early half of Gathering Storm that feels a little bit like tying up earlier books, uh, but once this book kind of gets the slog out of the way. It really is just pretty incredible, honestly. Like, I, I loved so much about how Brandon Sanderson adapted the world of the Wheel of Time to his writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way in which he moved these characters forward and the way in which he had these characters interact with one another. Mm-hmm. I think that Brandon Sanderson um, really, really took up the mantle of Robert Jordan's work in a way that I, I you know, like, I don't know how anyone else could have done it better. You know what I mean? I, I don't, and, and granted, I don't read all the fantasy in the world, so like, I don't know who that author would have been. Yeah. But in terms of, um, I, I feel like this told a really incredible Wheel of Time story while being very respectful of Robert Jordan. Yes. I, I, I never felt like this was an author coming in and trying to make this his series. Yeah. Um, even though I do think there are elements of the series that I, I think Brandon Sanderson writes better than Robert Jordan, and there are elements that he doesn't write as good as Robert Jordan, right? Totally. It is a mix of both, mm-hmm. but there is a lot of what Brandon Sanderson brought to the book that I think really elevated um, the narrative coming out of what, what were some books that I, I really struggled with, right? Yeah. And I, I'm I'm so grateful that we have Book Club because I wouldn't have finished the series without it, and I wouldn't have gotten to this book, and I, I love this book quite a lot. Yeah. I, you know, if I was reading this on my own, I would have stopped. Uh, I probably would have stopped in book seven or eight, right? Yeah, that's right. Because um, I'm, old, I, I don't have free time. I, like, I don't have time to like read shit that I, that I'm not loving. 
Yeah, um, and that's why I'm so grateful for book club because there were years where I didn't read anything because no. I was like, oh, I'm too busy. But no, now it's like part of my like weekly routine and, and it brings me so much joy. Well, and it got me to this book and I'm yeah. so glad that we didn't stop because me this too. book is like truly wonderful and yeah. has, yeah, and this section has some of those moments that like are just so good mm-hmm. that it like recontextualizes earlier stuff in a way that's really great. Yeah. I do, the, the, this book is definitely, the, getting to the end of this book definitely makes me f- wish that this series was tighter because I feel like there's some emotional beats in this novel that if we if the pacing of this whole series has gotten to them a little bit cleaner um I, I think they would have landed better sure uh, yeah. but some of the the payoff is for things that happened so long ago and with so much in between that it's a little bit um muddled in that way fair uh but um other than that I, I really think the gathering storm is is one of the best Wheel of Time books. I, I, would, I wouldn't say it's better than Shadow Rising. I mm-hmm. still think Shadow Rising is the gold standard of this series for me. Um, but yeah. I would put this at uh, tied for second, probably. Yeah, on, I, I'm I, I'm thinking similarly, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And that being said, you know, the better Wheel of Time books, in my opinion, we did read months and months ago now. And so um, I'll be really interested to see in the future if and how my rankings change uh by um what what are you laughing at in an alternate universe it was finished by jk rowling absolutely can you imagine the names uh bogman says i have good money on the line if nerdy cried for one chapter so did you did you cry at all um almost me too almost yeah i didn't i didn't quite cry it Um, it, it was close enough yeah there was like a single tear you know yeah 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 no i didn't cry but i i was i almost did yeah. Um, but then um, there's a lot going on last Are night. Are y'all making bets in the spoiler chat? I was distracted by the hockey game. Um, <laughs> wow. But, uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Can you imagine, like, if if J.K. Rowling <laughs> no, had named Tuan, mm-hmm. had renamed Tuan when she became Empress, what that name would have been? No, I really don't want to think about Tuan it. Tuan Shacklebolt. Fuck off. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. I'm sure it would not have I'm sure no, it wouldn't have been racist. No, definitely not. <laughs> uh no, you were you were saying how you're feeling. What what were you thinking about the book? No, you're that 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 was pretty much uh my my feelings on it. <laughs> I'm so mad at you right now. You don't like two unpackable? Uh, no, no I don't. God damn it. Um, yeah, so it wasn't like a lot of reading this week, but there was there was a lot going on. But it was so dense. Like it would be impossible to Yeah. You know, like I'm glad this section I'm glad there wasn't more this week because we have so much to talk about and we spent 30 minutes talking about photos. So Yeah, there were there was a lot to get done, you know? Um Chapter 42 of The Gathering Storm. Before the Stone of Tear. Whoa, this chapter hurt. Yeah. This chapter hurt me in my balls. I felt it in my testicles. Oh, this one was painful. All right. I didn't, but that's fine. I would be <laughs> very shocked if you did. My ovaries hurt. Uh, no, I... Uh, I think that men, men... I think that... Not men. I don't want to say that. But people with testicles, uh-huh. uh, I think, will understand uh-huh. that weird pain that you get when you have that, like, clench in your scrot. Uh, just because no no this uh, this isn't like a sexual thing it's not a weird thing in your scrotum th- there is like a it's like a 
a response that you have mm-hmm. to like being very uncomfortable and your like scrotum like tightens up and gets like weird because your body is like protect that. It, it's when you're so uncomfortable that your body is telling you to like protect your groin. Is it like putting the oath rod on your your? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it gets a, the skin gets a little bit tight tighter. Yeah, it like pulls you up by the nape of the neck. It, this <laughs> is a thousand. This is a thousand percent a feeling that mm-hmm. like. Yeah, it just it happens, and you just get used to it. But it is weird. If you uh, if you if you say so, uh, Speakeasy, welcome back to the nerd table. Let's fucking go. Can confirm this. Yeah, Speakeasy is confirming scro- clench. Um, confirming <clears throat> clench. So Rand is riding through Eridomen while he's looking around, being like, "Fuck these people," but not really. He's like, "I'm. I wish that I could help, but I fucking can't." Like, yeah. y- your political system is such a mess that <laughs> I literally can't force you to have a king. Yeah, you guys are fucked. I did my best, but uh, I'm just, I'm just gonna leave y'all. I've just tried to leave you with a ruler, and you won't let me, so I'm <laughs> out. Um, and uh, he knows that he's leaving these people to die because there's the the food is the not food, growing. All spoiled, all of it, every piece. That yeah, and well, no, 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 that's not true yet. We don't know that. Oh, yet. sorry. Rand yeah. is leaving, knowing that he hasn't left enough food for him leaving because food isn't growing. Anywhere on Earth. And all of humanity should be dead at this point. The fact that anyone is alive is, frankly, ridiculous. People are really good at, like, pickling. <clears throat> you know, they've been sto- stocking up. Yeah, why aren't they pickling everything? <clears throat> Excuse me. Goddamn. Although, they, the, 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 I said I would be like, the pickling is, is just like the, uh, just like the one power. The pickling is losing its power. The pickling is losing its power, guys. <clears throat> you heard it here <clears throat> first. Um, and so Rand is riding up being like, I, I, I legitimately tried, but I have to be a terrible person and leave. And, uh, it's, it's hurts like his emotional state. And this was the first time. And cause I've been talking about this, right? We're like in the background of all of these scenes for so long, they've been talking about how there's no food and how no food's growing. But when we actually talk to our characters, they're all eating. Like it doesn't really feel like the starvation is affecting well, anyone that anyone that we talk to in these cause, books. Because all of our main characters are very important and in positions of power. Well, but I and and for me, it's just been that for a lot of these books, the the narrative has been talking about the lack of food, but yeah. not showing that effect of that. Yeah. And this was the first moment where I really felt like I the 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 narrative was influenced by this thing that they've mentioned so many times. Yeah. And the payoff of it was really nice to have instead of it just being like, especially once the guy walks up. Because, you know, you can only keep telling me that the food isn't growing and that the food and that there is no food and everybody's starving. Before it But doesn't... nobody dies of starvation before yeah. I start to be like, this is getting ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And so just by acknowledging it this way and making it so personal and emotional to our main characters. Yeah. All of that past conversation about this is so much stronger, right? Yeah. It, it finally pays off in something that actually affects the narrative in a way that I felt emotionally connected to. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've been hearing about it for so long. Uh, like, and, and, you know, we've seen people who are, like, maybe in, like, not great, like, positions, you know, fleeing, like, refugees or whatever, but, um, but this just kind of elevated it to a point where I was like, okay, this makes sense now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, th- these people are, 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 are going to die because nothing yeah. has been growing for, like, almost a year, it seems like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the, the harvest was bad, then the winter's long, and then the summer, like, the, like they're just, they're so fucked, I genuinely don't know where they are getting any food from. Well, and, and the food is going bad too fast. Like, yeah. so on every level, there there should be nothing to consume at this point. Yeah. 
And now in uh, in and now in um, Erdogan, there isn't any food concerns. Yeah. So that's gonna that's gonna be that's gonna be rough. Do you think rant or no? We'll get to that at the end. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah. Sean says I, it'd, I'd be fine if it was just new food being scarce and how it's going to be super tight relying on stock food if crops don't grow soon. But nope, every piece of food it, now self-destructing works worldwide. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where it betrays my ability to it, it, like the, 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 I can only stretch so far with mm-hmm. it. And the food thing has stretched me a little bit in this series where I'm like, the, none of these armies can walk around if the food is spoiling in two or three days like it just it isn't possible for these large groups of people to exist yeah with the way that they keep describing food in this world uh and the fact that there's nothing to scavenge because nothing is growing because of the weird winter because of the weird summer because of the weird like it's been like a year and a half of no food growing that there should be famine on a level where you don't have armies Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I'm just kind of like I, I'm I'm trying to let go of it, and I'm glad the books acknowledge it in a way that was deeply emotional. Yeah. And, yeah. and hit hard to justify what um, to justify what they've done in the past that has pulled me. Honestly, just it, it's not even that it's bad. It's just that it has pulled me out of the narrative because I'm like, this is going so far that you're making the other things happening not make sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I yeah, I think that that's fair. Uh, apparently some people just found out that Tina Turner passed away this week. Yeah. Um, rest in peace to Tina Turner. Uh, Mm -hmm. and just an incredible, incredible, like one of the greatest song. One of the greatest performers. Performers of all time. Yeah, truly. Song performers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Uh, if you didn't know, uh, Tina Turner did pass away and it is terrible. Did she write a musical? No, she, uh, they just had Tina the musical on Broadway. Oh, okay. That's what I was. I had a lot of friends in it. It was, uh, it was very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. All right. Let's um, let's get into. Uh... Oh, uh, so yeah, a guy walks up and is like, "All the food just turned black, and will make you sick." And Rand is like, "Well, you were all gonna die anyway." Goes through the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, but really, like he was leaving them to die. It's not any different. They're they're gonna die a little bit sooner than he was planning on it. But yeah, not planning on it. But then he then he was. Yeah, assuming. Rand's like, "There's nothing more that I can do here." Um, so we get to uh, chapter. Forty-three. Uh, no, no, we get to tear. Oh, sorry. He, we, yeah, we do go to <clears> tear, <throat> um, and I mean, basically, uh, this is where he's like, uh, "We're going to Shail Ghoul." He's mm-hmm. like, "Hey, those armies that you've been collecting, uh, yeah, change of plans. Actually, uh, last battle is happening like now. So get ready. We're going to go to Shail Ghoul. It's I do. Be a good time. I do like that. Darlin is like, why did you make me get all these people together if we're yeah. not going to do anything? And Rand is like, can you be patient for five fucking seconds? I, we're going. <laughs> I also really appreciated Rand here was like, well, I didn't tell Nan even Ked Swain where I was going, but um, they can figure it out because I'm not going to hide anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird because then at the end of the book, when he's going to Dragon Mount, he's like, oh no, if I use this much of the one power, the Dark One and all the Forsaken are going to find me. And I was like, dude, like five chapters ago, you were like, I'm not hiding anymore. If they want to come for me, they can fucking come for me. I'm going to tell everybody where I am. You can come for I'm Rand motherfucking Althor. And then five chapters later, he's like, oh, if I use the access key, what if the Forsaken come to the mountaintop and fight me? That's that's actually fair because the Forsaken would know where he is. Here's the thing: I guess like him channeling alone maybe is like they don't know if he's alone, <clears throat> but they know if he's not in like a city that it maybe be easier to just like take him out. But it, yeah, it is very funny that he goes mm-hmm. from ah, "fuck him, let let everybody know where I am" to yeah. "oh no, gotta worry about channeling so the Forsaken can't find me." And I'm like, well, 
it kind of you you've kind of announced where where you are. Uh, yeah, multiple times. So although I don't know, I don't know if anyone else can get up to the top of that mountain, but I do mm. like that there's a weave for climbing Everest. You know what I mean? Make it a little mm. bit easier. Yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, considerate. when I was a kid, I wanted to climb Everest so bad. Mm-hmm. And then when my doctor was like, "You would die," <laughs> I was like, "Well, okay." Yeah, you need uh, you need oxygen. Yeah, yeah. 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 Unfortunately, mm-hmm. like I, my asthma, there's just there's no way. Yeah, the air would get too thin, and I would I would I would die. My lungs could not handle it. I'm so <clears> sorry, <throat> I didn't know you wanted to climb Everest. When I was a kid, yeah, there was this book series. Um, it was it was nine books, and mm-hmm. it, so it was three trilogies, and it, each one was about um a group of kids. Who are in like a super dangerous uh, adventure? One they get uh, their plane crashes and they're trapped on a desert island, uh, like on a deserted island. Mm. One they climb Everest and one I can't remember what the third one was. Um, mm. But I loved those books. And you're like, I need to climb Everest, and your doctor's like, yeah. please don't yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. do that, Jesus Christ. But yeah, the the the, the book, the, the the three books about the kids climbing Everest were like I read I read them so many times when I was a child. And what's funny is I don't remember anything about them now. Because mm. I was, I, I haven't read them since I was like nine, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But before I was, yeah, when I was like six to nine, I loved those books. Yeah. And they sh- they were short enough that I could read one in an afternoon. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's just super easy to pick up. And mm-hmm. I wonder if I could find them. I, I wonder, like, because that's literally all I have to go on, and I have no idea. I don't. I would love to read them again. Be like, wow, what the <clears> fuck <throat> was I thinking? Yeah, in the des- in the in the island one, they find uh like an atomic bomb. That that was like that was left on the island by the American military. It's wild. Um, if anyone knows what book series I'm talking about, they're all by the same author. I don't know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> all right, chapter mm-hmm. forty-three. But yeah, no this this chapter ends with Rance. He's like, we marched to Shiel Ghoul. Let's fucking go. And then it cuts, and it shouldn't have cut. It should have gone. And Darlin died of a fucking heart attack on this pavement. Yeah, I know, right. Uh, chapter 43, we start with Egwene, who is in her room just being like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spank Swan, I'm gonna give that girl the old bop bop, you know what I mean? I am pissed. She's so mad. Oh, she's so mad, which, you know what, I get it, I get it. Uh, what's up, Fabu? Fabu saw daddy issues and had to show up, which makes sense. You know, it was Fabu does have daddy issues. It wasn't the title I picked, but that's fine. Yours didn't make sense. I know, I know. But it was still funny. And also, yours would have gotten an immediate <laughs> demonetization. Probably. Um, I couldn't. I. I. Our, our, one of our videos got limited monetization because I. Um, it was the Attack on Titan video. I named it "Who the F is Willie?" Just F, oh. and it got limited monetization. I changed it to "What's up, Willie?" and the it got full monetization. Oh my fucking! I know. God. So silly. Fucking YouTube, Jesus Christ. Um, we've had several book clubs demonetized because we are filthy. Oh, apparently it's called the Everest Trilogy oh. by Gordon Corman. I'm gonna take a photo of that and I'm gonna try and find that. <laughs> uh, all right, we get some Egwene <clears throat> stuff and uh, that guy. The stuff is fucking. Egwene is fucking on her shit today. Yes. Holy shit. She's like, no one's allowed to see me except for Chessa. And Chessa's just like, I'm so happy that she's back. Like, she's just, like, living her best life. Has no idea what's going on. Um, And Egwene's kind of, like, meditating. She's like, all right, the fuck am I supposed to do now? It was so close. Yeah. So close and yet so far. Uh, and um, so she pops out of her tent. Yeah. And who is sitting on the ground outside of her tent? Uh, it's uh, Gareth Bryan. It's Gareth. No, it's not. <laughs> <clears throat> it's Gawain Tracan. 
Uh, Gawain slept there. He's just sitting there like, we gotta talk. And she's like, not now. And he's like, no. And she's like, no. No. And then we get what is weirdly Mm -hmm. one of the, like, best written female moments of the entire series. A thousand percent. Thousand percent. Gawain is like, look, like, I... uh, I need to know that you're okay, right? And he's like, he doesn't have the full, like, he doesn't have the full picture. And he's just trying to make sure that, like, Egwene is all right. And she's, like, very good at acknowledging that Gowan believes what he did <clears throat> was for the best. But also is not happy that, like, everybody went against her wishes. I, I want to read what I think is, like, one of my favorite back and forths. Yes. It's not really a back and forth. It's yes. a It's a forth and forth. Um, fourth and fourth. You've sacrificed, Egwene interrupted, letting a little anger show. What about what I sacrificed to rebuild the White Tower? Sacrifices that you undermined by acting against my express wishes. Did Swan, te- did, did Swan not tell you that I had forbidden a rescue? She did, he said stiffly, but we were worried about you. Well, that worry was the sacrifice I demanded, Gawain, she said exasperated. Don't you see what a distrust you have shown me? How can I trust you if you will disobey me in order to feel more comfortable? Banger. 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 Fucking banger. Look, this is like, because this is the the kind of way that I think that we need to talk about the patriarchal mindset more Mm. in terms of, yes, I understand that Gawain thinks that as a man, he needs to save Egwene. Yes. But in doing so, he is undermining what Egwene is supposed to think he views her as. Yeah. Right? And so I feel like th- there's so many men today who do this, mm-hmm. where they, in order to elevate their view of themselves and their view of their own masculinity, they take the accomplishments of their partner mm-hmm. away from them and do it for them in order to feel like they are uh, being more um, helpful or being more a part of their relationship in the masculine way. Yeah. And what it does is it takes away from your partner and it diminishes them, mm-hmm. mostly in the way that they think that uh, you view them, right? Yeah. yeah. And I, there, there's a, there's an element of you have to show up for your partner by supporting their decisions yeah. and being there in their shadow. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like a lot of men are really bad at that. Men don't want to be in their partner's shadow ever. And I, I think that that's a really, like, unhealthy mindset that leads to really, like, toxic relationships. Yeah, for sure. Right. Um, and like, weirdly, I've been on the other side of it where I had a partner who could just the, the biggest problem in our relationship was anytime I had any success. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, I, I love the way that like Egwene calls him down here in a way that I think is like very strangely considering who the writer is. And I don't mean this is a knock against Brandon Sanderson. I just didn't expect a, a white Mormon man from in 2009 mm-hmm. to write what I think is an incredibly powerful feminist series of paragraphs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And in and in simple words too. Like uh, you know, like y- you are uncomfortable and you're going to have to be okay with that. Like you you love me, Gawain. I am the Emerlin seat and you will be uncomfortable. You have to mm-hmm. be okay with that. And uh, and I I do like that Gawain here is not like, he doesn't try and just, like, steamroll and not listen to what Egwene is saying. Gawain seems to actually, like, take things into careful consideration. He's like, we're not done talking, right? Like, we need to, I, I, I want to understand this more. Mm-hmm. But he's not like, Gawain has a no. ways to go, though, because he's still 
basically stalks her from this point on. Sure. I mean, he like he doesn't trust the Aes Sedai. He doesn't trust that she's the Emerald Seed. He's like in a world where he is very confused at what's happening. He believes that they're manipulating her. And mm-hmm. so, you know, like he's he's keeping an eye on her to make sure that like nothing bad happens to her. He's not butting it, you know, she's like, No, you can't come into this. No, you you have to stay here. Like yeah. it, you know, Egwene does draw boundaries and Gawain is like, Okay, I'm going to like respect that. But like Gawain mm-hmm. Ga- Gawain has has this mindset that it—that <laughs> you, like you said, that there's a, a lot of people nowadays who have a very similar thing, and they feel like they need to be the one to take charge. They need to be the one to save the day, and that like they need to insert themselves mm-hmm. into um, someone else's successes, right? And yeah. and I, I just I fucking loved this scene. It was so good. All all of the Egwene stuff is so good. Uh, Father yeah. Jerusalem, welcome back to the nerd table. Uh, Gawain is the hero of his own story. It's just his story is not the one being told. Egwene's is. Everyone is the hero of their own story in a sense, right? See, it, what's like, interesting is I don't I don't I don't actually agree with that. I don't think that Gawain is the hero of this story. I think he would like to be of his own story. But 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 even of his own story, Gawain has not been raised to be that person. Gawain has been raised to be almost to like a toxic degree. Yeah. Gawain has been raised to be a side character. And his mindset is about protecting the main character. Mm-hmm. Like his whole childhood, his whole life has been about protecting the queen. Gawain doesn't see himself as the main character. He sees himself as a necessary, like, wall between the main character and any of the dangers of the world. Yeah. But he's ingrained that. He's ingrained that side character message into his head so deeply. Yeah. That he acts against the wishes of other people. And he keeps getting into these situations, right? Yeah. what, What I actually, what's so interesting about Gawain is his greatest flaw is that he doesn't see himself as the hero. It's that he sees himself as a necessary sidekick to anybody in a position of power. And so because of that, he views power as being inherently good. And yeah. he ends up in these situations where he kills Hamar. He kills good people. He he ends up ch- putting Randolph or in a box and transporting him across the country. Right? Like well, there's no, so many he doesn't do that. Well, he's with he's the 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 younglings are he, the... Yeah, he doesn't know. Like he he's not aware of these things. But but yeah. He gets himself in a situation. But he knows that Rand is in that box, and he still rides the younglings with them. He's still protecting the Aes Sedai through that, right? Well, and I didn't know that he knew. Well, I mean, they take him out every night and whip. Like everybody knows they've got Randall Thor in a box. It's not a surprise to anybody, right? Well, they. I he. <clears throat> I think he knows Rand is with them, but like they, the Aes Sedai are like real assholes to him. Like they like send him off. They don't let him come near. Like they're very. They're very like go fuck yourself with Gawain and the younglings. So yes, but then, I actually don't know if they would have he, seen that. He knew that Rand was there. Yeah, yeah. Which is enough. The, my point is that even in that situation where he's mm-hmm. being disrespected and he's being put off and they're, they're being mean to him, he is still working for them because he is so he he it is so ingrained in him yeah. to work for positions of power mm-hmm. because that is like his whole job. And that's the conversation that he yeah. has with Gareth Bryan yeah. in the uh, an earlier section where Gareth is like, you need to fucking make a choice. Mm-hmm. You can't you you can't just wait around for shit to fall into your lap or for somebody to tell you what to do. You are the person who has to be making decisions, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you you 
You can't just like shirk any kind of responsibility, right? It's really easy to let someone else make decisions for you because you don't yeah. have to take responsibility for them. Yeah, and, and that's the that's my I think that's where like my problem with the character is because other than that, I really do like him. Yeah. But despite everything he's been through, he still hasn't learned the lesson of like having a little bit of critical thinking. Mm-hmm. He's still act first, defend first, be a shield, but don't be a brain. And I think that Gawain, uh, you know, I, 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 and part of it, I, I think, is his inferiority complex next to Galad. Yeah. That pushes him to be this kind of man that I don't think he is. Yeah. Um, it's it's really interesting. I yeah. Sorry to disagree with you, Father Drusum. I just I really do see him as not seeing himself as a hero. Like he just sees himself as necessary, and mm-hmm. that is so dangerous because people who see themselves as necessary but don't have a worldview will do the bidding of people who have bad worldviews because they 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 don't think about what the cause or what the effect of their boss's cause is going to be. Right? Yeah. And and that that's a really dangerous way of living your life. Yeah. It, it, you Absolutely. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> so uh we we cut away from Egwene. Uh we oh uh Egwene does say like we're gonna we're gonna attack the White Tower tonight. And I was like, oh fuck, please uh, for the love of God. I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. We'll get yeah. to it. No, I was I was a little bit worried. Um, Berserker says Gawain is the sort fine. of underling every dictator dreams about. Thousand percent. Yeah. Thousand percent. Yeah. Especially one who, like, he has followers, he has charisma, like, yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's dangerous. And and I, I think that that is a fault of Morghese and Gareth Bryan for, for, for giving the attention to Elaine to figure out how to rule and think critically and make decisions and just kind of, like making Gawain into a big old stick to hit Elaine's enemies with. Uh, Christian Rapper says, in this situation, Egwene was way too hard on Gawain. I could I not disagree so. with you more. No. I think that this was totally acceptable. Yeah. If you want to be in love with somebody, that sometimes means they're going to point a mirror at you and be like, hey, this is what sucks about you. That is that is being in a relationship. Uh if you want real love, if you want that, like, if you want frivolous love where you and your partner have great sex and you don't talk and you hang out with the boys and she hangs out with the girls and you don't actually, like, like being around each other, then fine. Like, shit like this won't happen. But if you want to yeah. have a real relationship with someone for a long time, mm-hmm. you there's going to be times where your partner is going to call you out on your shit. Yeah. And I, I think Egwene is a thousand percent correct here and, and is, Gawain needs to hear it Gawain needs to hear it. this is the kind yeah. of communication that I think Brandon Sanderson is bringing to the books mm-hmm. because there's that joke right of like nobody fucking communicates in the wheel yeah. of time no one fucking talks Egwene to does Egwene is doing that and and it's and it's wonderful like she's you know she tells him she's like Egwene the as Egwene the person loves you but Egwene the Amarillo seat has to like has to be a different person. And if you want to love me, you have to accept that, right? You, I can't be whatever you want me to be. I'm not going to turn myself into whatever you think is best suited for you or that you think best suits me. That's mm-hmm. not how this works, right? And Gawain is going to have to come to terms with that if he if he wants to be with Egwene. Berserker brings up, uh, Morghese told Gawain he has to learn how to critically think for himself and not just mindlessly follow what Elaine told him to do to, to fill his duty back in Eye of the World. Yeah. Gawain was literally told the lesson he needed to learn 12 books ago and he never learned it. Yeah. And I'm at this point. I'm convinced he's not going to. I think. I think um, Gawain will die in the last battle. I'm like actually really sad because I think I've said this the whole time. 
I think Gowan is an incredible character because he's so real. Like he is like we we all know this person. Mm-hmm. All of us know probably many of this kind of person. And I would love to see him have that arc that I desperately want him to have because I want to know that those that there is hope for those kinds of people. Um mm-hmm. like I don't think that Gowan is the best person to have ever lived, but like he's so real. And yeah. I just, I do, I feel, I feel bad for him because I feel like he just has not been, he has not been set up. Or you know, yeah, there, there, there is a point of, there is a point of it where he hasn't, he has chosen not to learn the lessons. Yeah. And I, I hope that we get to see that choice be made. Really, really, really. Well, bad. and I hope, I hope at some point, you know, Egwene is like Galena was a black Asha character. Mm-hmm. Like I, I hope that he, I, because I think that what would snap him out of it is realizing that his mindset led him to follow so many evil people. Mm -hmm. He has done the bidding of truly evil people throughout the series Mm -hmm. because he wasn't, and really only Galena, but but because he wasn't like critically thinking enough to to do better, Mm -hmm. honestly. Yeah. Uh, We cut over to Jesse Bilal, uh, who I had never heard of before, uh, but sounds like a modern pop singer. Jesse J. Well, like it's all of the, the this meeting is all of these fantasy names, yeah. right? Sarancha Colvine, Swana Dragand, Farani, Adalorna Bastine, and Jesse Bilal. Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right. I was just like, Jesse Bilal is just kind of like the most normal name. Oh, Bilal got reincarnated. Bilal? Isn't that one of the Forsaken? <laughs> Maybe? I don't know. Isn't What's that the that? one that Maureen fucking murked? Was that Bilal? I don't think it was Bilal. Well, I'm going to feel real silly if I, like, he just wasn't, he was, like, barely there. You know what I mean? Pretty sure his name was Bilal. Hmm. Uh, so, um, we find out that uh, everything is bad because the white, the leaders of the Ajas were all fucking terrible. Yes, I was right. Thank you. Oh, Bilal with an E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bilal fired so by Moraine. Fucking suspicious, okay? Fucking but this is suspicious. Bilal. Um... But yeah, I, I did like that the 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 all of these Aes Sedai get together and are like, yo, did we like we majorly fuck up. up? We fucked up. And they still fucking fight about it. <laughs> <laughs> Until one of them is like, like, we fucking failed. Oh my god, we it's so to, good. Like we we are in our quest for power and putting Aleda and trying to make her a puppet for mm-hmm. us, we ruined the White Tower. We fucked up so hard. Yeah. And God, I hope that they go to Egwene and like ask for penance. You know what I mean? I hope that they're like, yeah, that was us. We fucked up. We are mm-hmm. we're want to learn a fucking lesson here because oh my god. I like couldn't I couldn't believe it. I honestly, to be fair, was like, yeah, it's all Aleda. Like Aleda's just the worst. No, no it's, it's just all the Aes Sedai. Them. It's all they all fucking suck. It's the Aes Sedai in general. Um I granted a fifth of them are black Aja, so like that that is a part of it. No one in this room is though. But no one in this room is. Uh I did uh, I did like the like before they because I, I I I had a feeling I knew where the scene was going. Where they were all gonna be like, yo, when uh Egwene was in the tower, she did a pretty fucking good job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, least, I don't know about you guys, but like that least, Egwene girl. <laughs> at least they do something right. But I do like the section where they're like, where the white is like, I think a white should be Amelin's seat. And then the yellow's like, but what about a yellow? And then the gray's like, but what about a gray? And then one of them goes, We're all just fucking naming people from our own Ajas. Shut this up, isn't gonna work. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> this scene was great. It it really great. pointed out like the like, you know, ineptitude of these women. 
And um, also them, like, starting to acknowledge. But, like, how bad do you have to fuck up that, like, 500-year-old women, not 500-year-old, but five 100-year-old women, uh, all go, you know what, let's let that 20-year-old girl run shit. Yeah, she knows better than like, we do. Like, she's 20. Do you know how little I trust 20-year-old people? Not a lot of anything? 20-year-olds have been through what Egwene's been through. <laughs> That's fair. You know what, like, Egwene earned it. Egwene earned it. That's questionable. I think I think Egwene, I don't know if she earned it the first time that she was raised by the salad barbarians, but I think she fucking earned this one. She yeah. she showed exactly what kind of Amerlin she's going to be. And, and and like people adore her. Like she's she is she impressed the she she impressed the whites with her logic, you know, like the yellows wanted to recruit her to their Aja. Like she she fucking earned this one. I I don't care. Yeah. And, and I, I think that Egwene has done a really good job under pressure. Mm-hmm. The, the question that I have about Egwene's leadership is longevity and endurance, right? Yeah. When, 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 the, when, the, when it isn't a constant pressure cooker, how do you run things day to day? Because that's where, that's where these jobs get hard, right? Like the, the running things in, in the element that you have to mm-hmm. because you're in a very... She, she, she's been a very good Amerlin from a perspective that I, I think is a lot easier than the long-term bring. And like, I, I think the next version of what she has to do is so much harder than the last version of what she had to do. Um, and so I, I do, I, 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 I'm, I don't doubt her. Like I'm excited to see what she does. Uh, but I do think that like her age is a limiting factor in this, in the next phase of this work. Right. Yeah, and that's why I also think choosing Siliana as her keeper was brilliant. It, that was the best. Yeah, we'll get to it. Let, 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 let's keep moving on, and yeah. we'll get to that scene because I For think sure. it's brilliant. Um, so Swan um is uh, we cut to Swan and Gareth are so Gareth, fucking horny. Yeah, even Egwene is like, wait, are, you bonded a you took a water, hot. Have you fucked yet? Like, <laughs> but yeah, but before that, Swan is like standing outside. Egwene is in the hall talking. And Gareth walks up behind her, and they they kind of like flirt a little bit, and then Swan is like, "Well, you know, like, what's your second demand?" And he's like, "I'm gonna demand that you marry me." And, and I like, was like, uh-huh. "Well, you could ask," but then he's like, "But not until after your other mission is done and the world is saved." And I was like, "Oh shit!" Like he knows her so well, Gareth Bryan. It like Gareth Bryan should be the fucking like idol for Gawain to learn from. Well, because what you know, I like, like about it is that he he shows the opposite of what Gawain does to Egwene. Yeah. Which is, yeah, he says, I'm going to demand that you marry me, which is like, which could be gross. Like, yeah, yeah, I think they're trying to make it like hot, you know? But, but, like, but it is because the follow-up mm-hmm. is about Gareth Bryan telling um, Swan that he understands her and he listens to her. Yeah. Right? He does say, I'm, I'm going to demand that you marry me. But then he follows that up with, and I've been paying attention to what you are. Yeah. I know you intimately. Yeah. And I know that we cannot do what I want until we finish doing what you want. Yeah. And I will stand by your side and I'm, I'm hoping, because he even like doesn't, he just chuckles when she's like, well, I'll take your demand under consideration. Right? Like he, 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 he I don't, I think he acknowledges that element of it. But also, by telling her, I listen to you, yeah. that's hot. Yeah. That's sexy right Yeah, there. yeah. There is, like, communication is very sexy, guys. This yeah. is, this is, 
This is the smut corner that we all needed. It's just mm-hmm. fucking communication and consent. Like I'm like, these are the these are the things that get me going. Uh, I just I think that it was so well done and put back to back with Gawain mm-hmm. was like very clearly trying to like point out the differences between the characters. Well, and I'm just kind of like Gareth. Like you you raised you basically raised Gawain. Like where mm-hmm. did you go wrong? <laughs> You clearly know what's up, dude. How did you not pass that on to what is essentially your your son? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's Gawain's stepdad, essentially. I know him and Morghese never actually got married, but yeah. for all of Gawain's life in the castle, well, no, because I guess Tom was there for a while, right? Was there for a bit, But yeah. after Tom left, he's basically stepdad. He taught the guy how to use a sword. He should have taught him how to treat a woman, because Gareth Bryan fucking gets it. He knows. You know? Yeah, 100%. Um... Yeah, they need to have sex, though. I swear to God. <laughs> they, they need to move into the blue... Get get Swan a room in the blue quarters, and they need to just fucking go for it, because Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're just so horny. It's crazy how horny they are. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, dripping. Yeah, you love to see it. Out of it. the pages. Uh, we cut over to Egwene. Uh, she's with the sitters. And uh, this fucking, this scene was so fucking good. Oh, my God. Every part of Egwene's, it, it's all so fucking good. Like, every time I'm like, yeah. oh, fuck yeah. Like, uh. Egwene is like, sup, bitches? I'm back. Got the oath rod. She says the oaths. And you're like. Guess who's back? Oh, no. Well, okay. Well, you said the oaths. So, I guess we're, we're keeping the oaths. Uh, but uh, then she's like, so, um, Shariam? Yeah. Dark friend. And Shariam's like, the fuck? <laughs> no, well, technically, uh, Shariam fucking seizes the power to yeah, 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 try yeah. and fucking attack her. And Egwene is like, not today, bitch. Um, this scene's just, it's so good. Because she's like, so we're good. all going to undo our oaths. Uh, and then we're going to redo our oaths and promise that we are. So apparently the Oathride can undo the Dark One's oaths. Yeah, the oaths, like, Yeah. I would love if Demandred ended up being like, yo, can I have that dark, can I have that oath rod? Now, because now that now that there's no taint on Sidin, if Demandred was like, I don't need the Dark One, I can ta- I can tra- I can channel without him, and Demandred's just like, I don't want to be fucking evil. Let's fight Morden together. I don't want to be evil. You know what I mean? Like it would be an interest. It would be interesting for one of the Forsaken, yeah. uh, Asmodian kind of did, but for one of the Forsaken to kind of like, if Masana gets murked, and uh, Demandred is like, what's the fucking point? Like the 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 Dark, the dark One is not. The right path. I think that would be interesting. It would be kind of fun to have one of them turn away from him of their own accord rather than being forced like Asmodian was by yeah. um, Leandrin. Yeah, we know that the dark, we know that the Forsaken above all are motivated by selfishness. And so if it looks like it's turning one way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. this was, this was such a brilliant, it's it's so good for so many reasons, right? The first of which is that Egwene shows so much power in this room yeah. by talking, by, by speaking of the things that are unspoken. Yep. That there is a, there is a serious, like um, there's a real power imbalance in a group that has an, uh, a topic they don't want discussed at all. Yes. In that if you are the person who can comfortably bring it up, mm-hmm. you hold sway over the topic itself. It's because a, you're the only one who's willing to put words to it. It's it, it's there's some, like we I know we use this comparison a lot because it's a cultural touchstone for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But it's like there are certain people who can say Voldemort. Yeah, yeah. And who who refuse to and like th- th- 
the you gave they gave the Black Aja so much power yeah. by just pretending it didn't exist by mm-hmm. never naming it by never calling it out. It's like uh, there's a fucking mold spot on the wall, and if you turn a blind eye to it, it's just going to get bigger. Yeah. You have to fucking take care of the problem. Well, and I honestly, even without the Oathrod solution, which is brilliant because it just cleanses the tower. Yeah. The, even without that, the, um, the, just, Egwene just being willing to talk about the Black Aja would have done more damage to the Black Aja than anything else, right? If they sure, didn't yeah. have this easy solution, just being able to speak to it. Pavara and them yeah. were able to actually make some fucking headway. Yeah, it's because you just have to be comfortable, like, not hiding behind the fear of the word, yeah. right? It's so good. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, so Egwene respurs her oaths. She's like, I'm not a dark friend. And then uh, the Minds of Moria collapse they freak the fuck out <laughs> grab the source try and flee yeah nah there's sitters in this room they got one power there's people trying to sprint out of the room and yeah. they're like fuck no it's just no it's just moria and um oh it's just the, the, the two at it's first. just yeah because it's just the sitters right the uh, two at first and then later and so on so Lagrain is like all right so we're gonna do this to everybody uh, and we don't see Ramanda, that. Ramanda, would you like to go first? Yeah. She's and like, Ramanda's like, yeah, uh, yes, absolutely. And Lelena's like, eh, okay, well, me next. I, I love the, um, I love the, 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 all of the women are like, I, I don't want to, not because I'm not, not because I'm Black Asha, but because it's like a year of feeling a little bit tight in your skin. And like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. they're like, it takes about a year for that to go away. And so for one year, all of the Aes Sedai are just walking around a little hinky. You know what I mean? They're all yeah. a little bit like, oh, God, I just, I can't wait for this year to be over so I can feel like myself again. Yeah. Uh, Colonel Sanders uh, asks why they didn't always ask women uh, if the woman was a dark friend as soon as were sworn. We actually know <clears> that <throat> um, most of the Black Aja were already recruited after being Aes Sedai. That's not true. Yeah, yeah, that was mentioned. No, uh, yeah. uh, Leandrin was recruited as an accepted. There's a few exceptions, um, for sure. But most of them, they don't bother with them until they're full Aes Sedai and they have that power. That that was mentioned, I, um, I'm 99.9% certain that when they recruit Black Aja, they don't give a shit about you I don't think, you I don't think that's a hard and fast rule. Because there are a lot of it's women not, who... Like, it's not a rule. I, I, there, uh, there are a oh, lot of women notes. who come to the tower as dark friends. There are a few, yes, yeah. yes. But, but in Varen's notes, it does say that like most of the people are recruited once they are already, mm-hmm. uh, once they're already Aes Sedai, which makes sense because if that was part of the ceremony, it's like, are you a dark friend? You know, like that would be pretty beneficial. I don't think anybody did that, but I don't think it would have been that effective because we know that the Black Aja generally break, like, have the oaths and break them with the Dark One's mm-hmm. oaths. They don't make those oaths beforehand, so. Sir Jimris has the point, though, that I think is the, the the pushback on that, which is they didn't even acknowledge the existence of Black Aja. Why would they ask, right? Yeah. Um, which I, I think is fair. I, I'm surprised they don't ask of everyone coming into the tower, right? Because, like, you wouldn't know if that 10-year-old girl was a dark friend. Although, you, why would you assume a 10-year-old is a dark friend, right? Like, that's yeah. cra- kind of crazy. Because a lot of them are recruited as children. They yeah. they like to indoctrinate children. Uh- <laughs> but, yeah, no, I I think um, the, the element of this where Egwene, you know, really struggles with the fact that she has to have basically 100 women executed. Um, 120 women. 80? No, 80 escape. 80 total escape. Um, when, uh, what? No, I thought it was... 80 of the 200 women escape. But but between both sides, right? Uh, once yeah, once yeah, she's yeah. in the tower. So she, so essentially, like, um, Egwene has about 120 women executed in 
seven hours. Um, and the, the... The stilling them first just kind of seems cruel, but eh, that's just me. Yeah, I didn't understand it. It Because it's tradition. That's all. The yeah. tradition is for a dark one. And maybe by the stealing them and then killing them, the dark one can't bring them back with the one power. Like maybe it's tradition for a reason. I don't think the dark one cares enough about dark friends. Well, like you but have if to he be can a bring a hundred, no, if he can bring a hundred dreadlords to the final battle, he's gonna bring a hundred dreadlords to the last battle. If it's within his power, why wouldn't he? I don't know if any of them were dreadlords, but we don't really well, have. Well, not a now, but they context. could be in the future, right? Like. I wonder, I, I, I wonder, yeah. There, there, there's never him. been any cost or any, like, limitations put on what... Uh, the only limitation we know of the Dark One's ability to bring people back is Balefire. So if the Dark One doesn't... If they're not Balefired, mm -hmm. which they probably should have been. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, obviously Balefire is illegal. Um, the uh, the Dark One could just bring them all back. Like, we don't know. Yeah. Yeah, he only seems to bring Forsaken back, but like uh, based on what we know, it's but we haven't possible. seen a lot of Black Aja die. No, like even the Black Aja who are like trapped or have escaped, like there aren't a lot of Black Aja that are dead, right? Yeah, and we don't know who's with Moradin. Yeah, so we don't know yet, right? Like it could, it could be. Yeah, I, I guess yeah. it's probably possible. I don't know the logistics of it; just might like not be worth it. I don't know. Maybe he does bring them back. Yeah. Who knows? I, I think, like, I mean, you would need bodies, but I... Guys, I'm not gonna lie. Getting bodies, not hard. <laughs> oh, my God. What? They have fucking magic. Yeah. Like... No, you, you're right. Moradin can go find a hundred bodies in a day. Sure. Trolloc raids also, like, if they don't eat them you first... You don't need Trollocs. Moradin, by himself, can walk into any town and go, whoop! And then walk out a fucking gateway back to fucking Shia Ghoul. It's not like they, like that's not a limitation. These people have insane levels of magic. Morden drives up with a carriage. It's like free food inside. He just piles them in and then takes them to Shia Ghoul. Literally, it yeah. would it would be so easy. Yeah. I got a body guy. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, yeah, I do. I do. One of the things about this whole section that I really liked was the the emphasis that the stronger channelers got away. So clearly the Black Aja structure knew who they needed to save first and they couldn't get to everyone in time. And I like that element of it. I thought it was well, smart. And also like... And the weaker ones can't tra um, travel. I, I think it proves that like Varen wasn't able to get some people because people were warned and were, were able mm -hmm. to flee, right? So there's definitely a couple of people in there who were able to get the word out. And it is unfortunate. And maybe it just is Masana. Mm, who knows? But uh, yeah, there, there's definitely some people that got missed. Uh, Arizu, thank you for the super chat. Um, I think the bodies need to have channeling capacity. I don't think that that's true. And the reason why I don't think that that's true is because when he, when the Dark One puts Agenor in a female body, he uh -huh. is able to channel the side in, right? And so if, if the if the reincarnation process involved the body's inherent ability to channel, then Agenor oh, then would wouldn't. have been channeling Sidar. Right. But because of the, um, because it was just about putting a male soul in a female body and the male soul can still channel the male half of the power, I don't think the body being able to channel matters. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. 
If okay. it weren't for if it weren't for that one, I would say maybe like the the body has to have maybe there's some element of that. But I yeah. just because of that, I, I can't imagine the um I, I just can't imagine it working any other way, honestly. No, that that makes sense. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I also just don't think the I don't I just don't think the body has anything to do with channeling, right? It I know the chat is saying too. it's all about the soul, but I think it's more than that. Like I think like I don't think... Could you imagine if the more yoked you get, the more power you could hold? It's just a bunch of fucking you, Arnold Schwarzenegger You have to get spiritually around. yoked. Spiritually yeah. yoked. You guys heard it here first. Spiritually yeah. yoked. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, where yeah, they catch a bunch of Black Aja. It's definitely a win. You know, they didn't get them all, but a win is a win is a win. So. And um, Romanda is the one that uh, says, let's follow Egwene's plan yep. to attack the White Tower. Not Lelaine, even though Lelaine has become... Um, Lelaine is very upset that Egwene is back, but yeah. she's trying not to let it show. Because she has to work for her because it's the only way to justify her actions over the last little bit. Exactly. Uh, chapter 44. We need to get moving. Holy shit. Oopsie. This is going to be a long book club, y'all. Yeah. This is a big section. Uh, secrets. Or no. I, wow. I am so... Fucking dyslexic. Sense unknown. Jesus Christ. It's fine. We got there eventually. I, like, guys, why do I have a book club? I can't read. Because it's more fun that way. Uh, Rand and Nynaeve have a big argument about Lan. Um, yep. In, in which... Uh, Rand is going to sacrifice Lan. He's going to be like, yep, his death is going to help me out. So that's real nice. Thanks He's not Lan. sacrificing Lan. Basically. He's letting Lan do what Lan wanted to fucking do. If Lan didn't want to die in Tarwin's Gap, he shouldn't have gone there by himself in the night. He's just you saying he's not going to help save him. Like, the... Yeah, but Nynaeve here is being... Nynaeve loves him. I, no, no, no I, and I, I know that. I But I think that she's being slightly unreasonable because of it. In that Lan made a choice. Yeah. And, like, the, the Lan's actions... The, the, her expectation that Rand is going to change his entire plan and his uh, and uh, move his entire army because of what Lan chose to do <clears throat> is not totally fair to Rand. Yeah. Um, no, I. We have times that she's being fair. the exact same as Gawain. I agree with that, right? Yeah, yeah. She she loves Lan, and she's they've barely spent any time together. She's not ready for him to die, right? And like I. I love Lan as a character. I, I think, you know, he's one of my favorites in the show. Uh, he, a little bit less in the books. I think that there are some characters, just because I don't think Lan is given as much to do in the books. Yeah. Uh, and there are other characters Especially who have had a little bit more arc. Books, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, Lan, I, I love Lan. But at the same time, I'm like, Lan knew what he was doing. And he made a very specific decision. Yeah. And Nynaeve, I understand, like, Nynaeve loves him and wants to move the world for him. But Rand cannot, Rand can't just allow any time any of his generals make any decision, pivot the whole army to go fix that and to save one man. And like, it's tough because I, I want Land to survive, guys. I'm, this isn't me being like, Land should die. That's not what I'm saying at all. I am just saying that like, um, the, 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 this is one of those times where I'm like, Nynaeve, you're giving bad advice and you're undermining your position as an advisor because you're acting from such an emotional place right now. Yeah. And I understand we want the Rand to be a little bit more emotional. Yeah. Uh, and I do wonder if how the book ends is going to push him to help Lan. Um, Maybe. But yeah, th this was just a frustrating scene for me because I was like, Nynaeve, like, this is what Lan chose. It, this isn't, Rand did not put, because she's not, he's not sacrificing Lan. 
Rand did yeah. not send Lan on this mission. This yeah. wasn't Rand's decision. This wasn't what Rand wanted. None of this was Rand's choice. He's just using Lan's choice to his best advantage. Yeah. Like, this is this was Lan's idea. Granted, Nynaeve changed it so that he was pushed back a little bit time-wise. Um, yes. Which I think is smart, honestly. I don't think Lan dying by himself in a field in the Blight helps anybody. Um, yeah, yeah. But... I, I don't know. I just I was a little bit frustrated with Nynaeve here because I was like, Rand didn't do any of this. And I understand you want to save your husband. I, I totally get that. And it's it's admirable. Yeah. But like to be to to, to put this on Rand is Nynaeve is, is Nynaeve is definitely a pro uh, yeah, I'm gonna say I think Nynaeve is the most emotional character in the book. <laughs> The books keep saying that, so well, I just, there were so many times in this section in particular yeah. where they're like, "Yeah, they're all, the ice and I are also calm, except Nynaeve, who cannot like, keep her shit together." Can't do it. But I think that makes her an interesting advisor for Rand, mm-hmm. especially in his current state. Um, I, I think the dynamic between them is really interesting because it brings out these discussions. I agree. I don't think that she's thinking with logic. She's yeah. definitely mm-hmm. emotional, but um, it yeah made sense to me. Um. And so Rand is going to go meet with the Borderlanders, and he shows up, and Aiel are like, wow, they have much honor. And Rand is like, what the fuck are you talking about? And they're like, yeah, they sent one dude. And Rand is like, are you fucking kidding me? And guess who the dude is? Huron's back. Huron's back. Let's mm-hmm. go. And Rand smells weird. Yeah, that's not surprising at it's all. It's the Balefire, right? Probably. The Balefire is the only violence that Huron has never smelled before that makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, And so it, it must just be that Rand reeks of his actions against Grandel's palace. Yeah. Which yeah, is interesting, probably. right? Like, I yeah. do like that there is, like, a lingering element of that. Yep. Yeah, really interesting. I was like, oh, Huron. And then I felt so bad for Huron because Rand yeah. has no reaction. He fucking... Kind of like attacks him, like holds him with air, and I was like, "Oh no!" Well, because Rand is like, "Oh, they sent you because of our personal connection," yeah. and Huron's like, "Yes, they, that that is yes. why they did that." And Rand is like, "People need to stop fucking manipulating me," which we'll get to. Trust me, it, that comes back. Uh, but but Rand is right, right? Like using no, someone. Okay, not in this. It later on, yes, not in this scenario. If you have someone who knows the person you're about to meet with. You soften the blow by having them meet with someone that they know first. If if you're meeting in good faith, but the Borderlanders do not want to meet Rand in good faith. They well, want to meet Rand in the one situation where he is at his most disadvantaged. They're scared of him. And, and fair. But Rand also offered them a fair deal. You get four channelers, I get four channelers. And their response was, no, no channelers. And Rand is going, the entire world wants to kill me. I'm not going to a place where I cannot fight Trolloc safely because I have one hand now. Yeah. Rand is, even in even in formatting, Rand is not just down in that he can't channel there. Yeah. Rand is also diminished in the fact that he hasn't had time to get his sword ability back with one hand. And so they're not meeting him in good faith. Yeah. And like, yes, look, is Rand more powerful than any four channelers they can send? Probably, right? Especially with the access key. Yeah. But they, they are using Huron to try and get Rand to meet them in bad faith. Not using Huron to set up a good faith meeting. Those sure. are not the same thing. I just mean that the decision to send Huron by itself, I think, is the most logical. But I don't think that it is given the given what their goal with him is. Sure, but They're if they using any Huron, random dude to be like, yeah, we're meeting and farmatting, it wouldn't have mattered. But the reason why that works is because it is a manipulation. 
you're arguing your your argument is that yes, they did the right thing because they wanted to manipulate Rand. It doesn't seem like a manipulation. It seems like a peace offering to me. It's not a peace offering. Rand because, is the one who sees everything as a manipulation. No, they are using someone that he knows yeah. to get him to be more comfortable, so that they can get him into a position where he is disadvantaged. That is that is textbook manipulation. They want to get him to come to Farmatting, and so they are using the one person that he has a previous connection to. So that they can get him into a place where he is in more danger. Yes, I'm that just is saying, manipulative. I'm just saying that the the decision to send Huron, regardless of like the formatting stuff, like if but I you was can't looking, regardless the formatting stuff because if no, it isn't saying, for the formatting stuff, they don't need to send someone that Rand knows because they will meet him in good faith. But they should still send someone that Rand knows. If they if, they should if, send their whole contingent to meet him at the crossroads. He Huron should be part of it. Sure, sure, sure. Have Huron be there, but yeah. sending Huron by himself. Is the, the the reason they do it is not because of any good intentions in their heart. It is purely a manipulation to get Rand is into Is it manipulation though, or is it just it diplomacy? Is, no, it is in this case, it is manipulation. Diplomacy is meeting Rand on the terms that you agreed to and having a conversation in good faith. Mm-hmm. Using Rand's friend to get him into a position where he is in danger mm-hmm. is not diplomacy. That is manipulate it is textbook manipulation. This whole thing is manipulative. Yeah, you I'm don't see saying... you don't see manipulation in a lot of this, and I find that really interesting. Like we've had this, we had this same argument last week about Cat mm-hmm. Swain, and then we get to what Cat Swain, her, what her plan is, and it is so deeply gross and manipulative. And like you keep being like these things aren't manipulation, and they 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 are like they, they are their only intention is manipulation. And so I, I'm curious, like how do you not see this as manipulation? Because I feel like we're not on the same wavelength on this, and I find that really interesting because it's so cut and dry to me. You know, I think it explains why a lot of people are taking advantage of me in my life. <laughs> because. <laughs> well, fuck this just going. <laughs> uh, like, I said, I don't really know. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I'm like, I like. Well, I'm sorry, Chad. I didn't realize we were <laughs> cracking an egg here. Uh, Michael Kioski, thank you for that. <laughs> are Super you okay? Chat. Yeah, I'm good. What? Your eyes are watering. Are you okay? I didn't mean to like. I'm not trying to make this personal. I, I'm not. No, no. I'm. I'm. I'm good, guys. Are I'm. You sure? I'm good. I'm like g- coming to some revelations live on stream. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh you want to read Michael Kioski? Michael Kioski. This message is me manipulating nerdy into reading your message. Yes, it is. Thank you for yes. the super chat. We appreciate that. Yes. Um, are you all right? Yeah, Should no. we end the book club? Yeah, bye guys. Gonna have Someone to Someone just... call the Aja. Oh my god. Uh, James Ross, thank you for the super chat. Thank you super chat. Therapy time. You know what? I like, honestly, like a little bit. Like, because that's not how I view it. That That is not like my first instinct. I'm like, oh, I, I, I feel like they're trying to uh, like send somebody that's familiar to like uh, ease into the situation, right? And... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I think that if can't the situation if people are trying to manipulate me, so <laughs> I, I think that if you're trying to ease someone into a situation where you hold power over them, you are manipulating them. Mm-hmm. And that is what they're doing here. Yeah. And so I, I just think that, or or you're trying to manipulate. If you're trying to ease someone into a situation that takes away their power, that is that is. Almost 100% of the time, manipulation on some level. Yeah, no, I I, I get it. 
I get it. I like I do. I I I understand it. It's just reading this that wasn't. And and I I'm not trying to say that like there. I it's just interesting that with this and the Cat Swain situation that you you you've been very much against the idea that it's manipul- mm-hmm. manipulative. Yeah. Well, you know, you've met my ex. <laughs> so. Uh, anyways. Joe White, thank you for that super chat. <laughs> Kieran is an analog of the guy Rand sent to Grandal. I don't remember his name. Ramshalon? Ramshalon. I, I don't I don't see it that way. I think it's kind of the opposite of that, right? Uh, it was, uh, he should have, that felt more like a, te- like a, a, a test to be like whether or not something worked or didn't work. But. Yeah, I don't think that they're going to use Huron to see if Rand is still alive or not. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, <laughs> Wheel of Time. People are saying that's politics. Like, politics aren't all lies and manipulations. Guys, politics are all lies and manipulations. I mean, yeah. That's, I, that's I, I, if this is where you're learning it, I'm so sorry. sorry but politicians aren't your friends. No. They're not. They're generally not good people on either side of the aisle. There's a few. It's hard to find the good ones. Katie Porter's know? great. Um, <laughs> but, you know. The, the, yeah. the, it's it's mostly manipulation. Yeah. It's really funny. I think a lot of people who watch our reactions think that we always agree on everything and that we see mm-hmm. the world in the exact same way. Um, but we don't. We don't. There's, yeah. there's a lot mm-hmm. of moments. And I think Book Club especially highlights them because we go into so many deep dives about just a vast array of topics. Um, but, yeah, I think that you and I just have different worldviews in that sense. Well, and I'm a pessimist. Yeah, I, and and honestly, like my worldview is nihilistic, right? Like I'm I view, a nihilist, but I'm not a pessimist. I don't even think you're really a nihilist. I think you're much more optimistic than I am. I mean, general, I don't right? think that there's any hope for our world. That That's seems fair. pretty nihilistic. But like in, in terms of like human beings, I do hope to believe the best in people. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't. Yeah. 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 I think that's fair. Yeah, I, you really want everyone to be great. I would like that. And I just don't give people the chance. Twitter <laughs> Twitter has really ruined that illusion for me. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, I used to I used to believe that there were a handful of shitty people in the world and Twitter has proven me wrong. Uh, watching Attack on Titan is proving me wrong uh, actually because mm-hmm. uh, wow, that brought some people out of the woodworks. Um but uh I I am average height, Fabu. Yeah. If you Google the average height of North American women, it's me. It's just a photo of me. <laughs> average. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting that this conversation keeps coming up because it's definitely a huge theme of this book in particular, but definitely the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, now that my therapy session is over... Um, um, all right, let's get into, uh, um, oh, um, so Rand does go to formatting yeah. uh, through a very cool trick. Let's talk about the trick. Cause this is such a fucking cheat code. And Brandon Sanderson was like, oh my God, Robert Jordan fucked up. Um, a, and, 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 and Brandon Sanderson might've invented part of this. Cause I've never heard it said before that if you travel somewhere, you know it well enough to travel from there. So it's different for men and women, right? Men have to know where they are traveling from. No, both sides have to know where they're traveling from. 
What? No. Yeah. It's, no. And everybody have... has that. That is the same on both sides. You have to know. You have to know the place that you are traveling from on both sides of the the power. Wait. What? No. Yeah. No, because they have the opposite way of traveling. No. God, Father Jerusalem. No, that I thought that, like, because Rand needs to like learn the spot that he's in, but like the women don't. Like Elaine doesn't need to do that. Yes, she does. You need to know where you're traveling from, and you need to know where you're skimming to, and those are different. No, but, no, I'm not talking about skimming. But 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 that but that's the difference. It's the same for both sides of the power. Uh, Rand, tell more. Thank you for that super chat. Yeah, uh, Brandon Sanderson. Brandon Sanderson excels at ma- simple magic using cool ways. Yeah. So so what Rand does is he skims to a place he knows. Uh huh. Or no, he travels a short distance, which you don't need to know where you're coming from to do that. But when you travel to a place nearby. It lets you, apparently traveling to a place lets you know that place well enough that you can travel anywhere from there. So Rand essentially makes the concept of needing to know where you are to travel obsolete. Yeah, because as long as you just do a little tiny hop to a place that you know, or, yeah, to a place you know, you then automatically know well enough to be able to travel anywhere. I'm not going to lie, this was a little confusing to me, uh, but... Fucking loved it. I think I it was confusing love, because I thought that the men and women it worked differently. But I love when you set up the rules of a magic system and have a character not suddenly have. Th- th- this is the difference between what some of the Wonder Girls shit is that I don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just so convenient of them just like suddenly being great at things. Versus setting up what the rules of the world are, how the magic works, and then have your character look at the rules and be like, "Oh, hey, there's a loophole." Yeah. That totally makes sense yeah. within the limitations of what the rules set up, yeah. right? This is the kind of magic shit that I love because you, you've you told me the limitations of this thing. Yeah. And then you've had a character Hack use it. those limitations yeah. to become more powerful. Yeah. Right? And that makes them seem brilliant. Yeah. Also, I, I do like a lot, like when we're... What, what, Finny's like, this technique is we have two spell slots to burn. Yeah, yeah, right. But no, but that's a good point. And and I just true. If you're not powerful enough to really make a gateway, then making another one that's going to be tough for you. I this is this is my favorite kind of Dungeons and Dragons moment mm-hmm. when a character when a player looks at a DM and goes, "Hey, this is how this spell works, and this is how this spell works, and technically I can quicken spell and use them together. Can I do this thing?" And the DM goes, "I mean, I guess so." Yeah, that I can't logically think of a reason why that wouldn't work. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. And like, yeah, maybe it's Age of Legends knowledge and whatever. But, but but like for me, reading this moment was like a fucking breath of fresh air yeah. in terms of the weave system of the Wheel of Time. Yeah. Having a character hack it and not just get better because they figured it out somehow. Yeah, they leveled a, up. Like, a lot of the magic in this world is like, and then Egwene figured out how to make Quendalar off page. And you're like, I guess she did. Cool. Mm-hmm. I, g- great. And then that never comes back, right? Like, yeah. Egwene figured out how to make Quendalar, and they made the two things Quendalar, and then they're, like, probably selling Quendalar. Is the, I, I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, they are selling. I forgot about that. Yeah. but, but <laughs> The economy hack. Uh, Blue. Blue. Thank you for gifting 10 membos. Thank Fabu you. Moose, our mod, got a membo. Let's go. Thank you for funding my therapy Blue, session. Blue, what's up? I really appreciate that. <laughs> my therapy uh, I just loved, I, I, I just, I like, sincerely, sincerely loved Nynaeve going, that 
Fuck, how that did he mother- figure that out? How did great. I not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Purple Aja, thank you as well for that super chat. Uh, still catching up, but just wanted to say I support your decision to give Memory of Light uh, the time it needs. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, it's worth the wait. Excited for seven more months of Wheel of Time. Us too. I love this series. Yeah. Which, this book, it's crazy. Yeah. Pre-Gathering Storm, guys, I was a little like, even the end of Knife of Dreams, which I did like, but I didn't love. Yeah. I was just kind of like, I don't know if, like, I don't know if I like the Wheel of Time. And it was hard because I love those six books so much. And then this book to me is well, like, it, it's so good. I'm like, right now I'm like, I want to do Wheel of Time forever. We're doing a reread. Right? And I'm like, we're skipping Five books, but... Yeah, move a little... Yeah, we might go through that a little faster. But, like, book... uh, Lord of Chaos, we were like, we're getting fucking Wheel of Time tattoos. (laughs) We we did say that. And in the middle of the slog, I was kind of like, ooh, I don't... You know what? I don't know about that. And now I'm back on board again. So we'll have to let Monkey know, because... I don't know if if I'm going to get get a tattoo. I I don't know why. After my experience on the, the TV show... Oh, of having to get yours covered up? Yeah, I I think that, like, right now... You could get it somewhere more private... Not if I'm going to be fully nude on TV in the future. Or I was going to say, if you do a bunch of nude rolls and whatever. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, I think um, I think taking time with Memory of Light is going to be good. I want to I want to savor that book, and I don't want to rush it for the show. Yeah, you know, thousand percent. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think that's fair. And honestly, like, I'm so excited to talk about the show each week with y'all. I like yeah. I remember when the first show was coming out. Like we had I, we had such a good time. Th- those book clubs were wild and fun. And now we'll be able to have book knowledge to have more fun with those show yes. talks. We're gonna. Have I'm such so excited. A different perspective, and I'm really excited yeah. to break down our season one views with our now knowledge, and then going into season two. Like I'm really looking forward to it. So thank you guys for being on board. Um, Finey says, always read the whole series before getting a tattoo. If you tattoo ravens on your shoulders, you become two ones property. That fair. is. You know what? That is true. Fair. Bizdy, thank you for that super chat. Uh, low key, Brandon is better than Jordan, but low key. All right. That is a totally valid opinion to have, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that each one definitely Backside has. Of the balls. The taint, actually. You're going to get a, the taint tattooed on your taint. A wheel of time circumcision. I can't get circumcised again. What, what would they cut off? Did you, it was, oh, I was like, why, where did you get that Joe from? White said Fucking Wheel of Time Circumcision. Chat, god damn it. Um, just, just tattoo, um, Ishamayo's face on the taint. <laughs> so you, like, can play peekaboo with it. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, so you can play peekaboo. Why would you say that? <laughs> because <laughs> because of this, <laughs> Peekabozamon! Oh my god! Oh my god! I hate you right now. <laughs> like I'm like I hate you. Uh, you're very welcome. Oh man. Oh fuck. <clears throat> In tear, Nynaeve is going to talk with Cat Swain. She's like, yo, Ked Swain, here's what's up. Ked Swain is the fucking worst. Oh, I have a, I have a screenshot of one of my favorite <laughs> things that was Another said. Another screenshot? We love it. Um, uh, her mind turned back to Lan. She had to do something, but Rand wasn't seen since. That left only Ked Swain's mysterious plan. Fool woman refusing to explain it. Nynaeve had made the first step, offering an alliance. And how had Ked Swain reacted? With presumptuous arrogance, of course. How dare she welcome Nynaeve into her little group of Aes Sedai like a child who had been wandering in the woods. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So Ked Swain is, again, 
the fucking worst here. Yeah, honestly, like, I can't even really defend Ked Swain anymore. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I, like, this shirt feels so justified. Um, but uh, while 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 that they're while they're with the Borderlanders, Nynaeve is pressing Rand about Perrin, and eventually Rand reveals that he knows where Perrin is. And Nynaeve's like, how? And he's like, I won't say, because I don't know how to explain to you that colors swirl in my head, and then I see visions of them. Which fair. Which fair. is fair, right? It's personal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Nynaeve goes back to Kat Swain and Tyr and is like, yo, I figured out where Perrin is. And she's like, all right, tell me. And she's like, well, no, but first I want to know why. And Kat Swain is like, no, you don't deserve that, even though you're the only one succeeding. Because I am a failure. I fucking hate this woman. And I hate her so much more after this section. And we will get to it. <laughs> yeah. But like, I don't know I that I don't know that Cat Swain can ever be redeemed in my eyes. I I I she is vile. Um and I kind of hate that her plan works, but we'll get to that later. I know, I know. I I'm yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so Nynaeve, uh, so they have a really interesting conversation um, where Nynaeve learns a lesson that is so fascinating where she watches the, the, she's like really just taking in the fear in the room at what's going on. And she realizes that she can be the bigger person and that making demands like Cad Swain is, it's not so much in the text, but I really got this vibe that Nynaeve kind of is like, I'm not giving up. I'm being a team player. And she chooses to be a team player. Right. In a way that Kat Swain is not. Yeah. And I really like that she makes that choice. And she she reveals the information. She doesn't wait for Kat Swain to give her anything. Yeah. And she she's like, you know what? Fuck it. This is where Perrin is. I'm on the board. I'm on the team. If you want to be on the team with me, let's go. Yeah. If you want to come join the good guys, Kat Swain, if you want to come do this... I'm, I'm going to put my cards on the table because I'm tired of this pettiness. Yep. And honestly, I thought this was, considering I was frustrated with Nynaeve earlier in the reading this week, getting to see this moment with her, I, I think is, it, it gave me so much hope for Nynaeve and so much appreciation for like the way in which she changes throughout the series and grows because she's a character yeah. who's willing to learn. We have like, we have scenes with Nynaeve, especially with Matt, yeah. where she absolutely refuses to concede in any way, shape or form about anything yeah and in this moment she realizes that maybe that's not always the best tactic yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i think that like it you know Ket swain by being terrible is teaching nynaeve how to be a better kind of Aes Sedai. yeah yep uh um, and i i love it i, I just i really um I, yeah i i think i in the scene as much as i hate Ket swain and i nynaeve in the scene Going back to my complaints about earlier, like this is the version of Nynaeve that I love so much. A hundred percent. We yeah. also get a really cool moment where uh, that Corel, uh, K- I think, is like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna win the last battle because Min is having these visions." And Min is like, "No, you fucking idiot! That's not how this works. If there's no pattern, then these visions yeah. don't. Like, are you stupid?" And Corel is like, <laughs> "Yeah, it's dark." <laughs> the amount of sniffing in this fucking bo- in these books, I'm like, y'all. <laughs> Well, they all did cocaine in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. clearly. Jesus Christ. I I did like that, though, because it does set up that the stakes are that the prophecies can only happen if the pattern is still there, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah, thousand percent. Uh, Light-blinded fool, welcome back to the nerd table. Wait, 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 hold up. Are we just going to gloss over Nynaeve noticing the Stone of Cheer still has a man-sized hole? (laughs) Sorry, we didn't want to derail the entire book club. But yeah, how do you feel about that one? Why haven't they fixed it? It's probably... It's been like a year. Get so your shit together, isn't darling. The, isn't the stone made by, like, magic? Like, I don't even know no. if they know how to fix it. No, there's no magic-made buildings in the world, right? That's, they're, That's they're not They're made true. by Ogier. No, there's uh, there's a bunch of buildings that are, like, 
either mysteriously there from the Age of Legends. They don't know how they were. Oh, made, the Age of Legends one, yeah, but the, the Stone of Tear was built after the Age of Legends. The Stone of Tear uh, was built after the. Birth well, game. the Ogier are all fucking busy. Okay. Okay. Uh, Bizdy, thank you for that super chat. Thank you. Aquani treats Rand how Gowen treats Aquani. Yeah. I, I, yeah. No, I agree with that. Egwene treats Rand how Gawain treats Egwene. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. difference is that Egwene isn't in love with Rand anymore. Uh, and so, yeah. like, the, I, I think that, like, the, there's, a, there's a less personal element to the relationship that makes it a little bit more tolerable. Yeah. Um, but also, I think like, it's worse Rand, when you're doing that to the person you say you love. I, I also think that Rand had some of the characteristics, characteristics that Gawain had early on in the book of having feeling mm-hmm. the need to have to save Egwene. Um, Tear was built by Chandler's. You're right. I'm wrong. Oh, I am right. Ah, oh, yeah. <clears throat> Nailed it. Um, yeah, Interesting. I, 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 I forgot that. I just thought that maybe they didn't know how to fix it when I read it. Oh, that's interesting. Like, they, they don't know. I just assumed Darlin was a lazy piece of shit. It's actually a monument. Um, it's a, it's actually it's actually a monument. <laughs> don't mock my spine. I read the audiobooks, lol. Oh, no, it was just the cue. I think. It was the cues that threw me off. Yeah. Not It wasn't the spelling. It was just the cues. Yeah. No, you're good. You're good. Or Does that how G's appear? Oh, maybe in the super chat it cuts off the little tail. No. Yeah, it was just the cues that threw me off. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> uh. Yeah. What were we just talking about? Um. Oh. Uh. Nynaeve, uh isn't looking for Perrin. It's someone with Perrin. Yes. Who did you think that was? Um. Did you immediately go to Tam? No. I didn't either. I thought it was going to be more Gase. I. For some reason, I don't know why. I just for some reason I was like. Oh, like we're finally gonna have uh, Cad Swain's gonna have known that it was more gay the whole time. Which I don't know how that would have fucking yeah. worked. Um, yeah. To be honest, but I I can't believe I didn't think about Tam. Like I'm actually like, how the fuck did I? Because I was sitting there and I was like, who the fuck it could it be? Like I thought it was gonna be some like random person. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and it wasn't. Um, and Will says I have a cabinet in my kitchen that I haven't fixed after a year. Fine. I understand. We've all been there. You fix the hole in your... You fix your cabinet. Do it. Just do it. What you doing? Uh, chapter 45, The Tower Stands. Good chapter. Good fucking chapter. Chapter 46. Um, wow. No, I'm kidding. Egwene. Uh, wow, Egwene wow, wow. is like, all right, let's go to war, kids. We'll go Saddle on more. up. They had a really rough day yesterday. We're burning this shit to the ground. Yeah, she's wearing a really nice red dress, you know, for the occasion. Red <laughs> I, incites th- violence. No, red is, this was cool. No, I really cool. appreciated cool. Egwene uh, uh, being like, look, I need, like, she's so smart. Brandon Sanderson writes Egwene as so intelligent. Yeah. And also writes her inner monologue for us in a way that is about Egwene's, like, thought process Yeah, that I really appreciate. I think Brandon yeah. Sanderson writes Egwene so well. Yeah. And has made her into a character that I think is, like, really, really, really quite lovely. I'm worried about the future of this character and how she's going to butt heads with Rand. Um, yeah, that's going to be but, tough. Yeah, I, I I think this is, yeah, the, the 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 mindset behind why she's wearing this red dress is, is so cool. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Fucking loved it. Like, uh, those are the kind of decisions that, like... You know, I wouldn't fucking think about it, but I'm not in this position. Like, Egwene understands that every single little thing that she does, including what she wears that morning, has an impact. Um, and I think she's going to be a fantastic leader. Um, but, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, <clears throat> they, uh, they, they, they get a bunch of the dark friends on the list. Obviously, some escape, unfortunately. They also catch a couple who are not on the list. So we do know that uh, the, the, the list is not perfect. Um, yeah, but she caught like... 95%. I love I love a going being like Varen did it once again. She fucking crushed it. A hundred percent. Oh man. Um and then we also uh we Egwene finds out that the women who were sent to the Black Tower um haven't returned and they include all of her, all of her lackeys. Yeah. Which is definitely Shuriam's fault. Yeah, yeah, that's suspicious. Thousand percent. Very, I'm very so scared of what we're gonna find out when we get back to those women. I know. Because Mazram Tame is, guys, Mazram Tame is evil. What? I know. Crazy. Crazy. And um, I'm, I just, I'm, I'm like a little, like, oh, um, what are we, yeah. Especially like Falane, who's like 17. You know what I mean? I know. It's good. This going to be tough. Um, I'm not ready for that. I'm not either. Although, weird that they're not in this book at all. Weird, a lot of characters aren't in this book at all. There was like almost, there was some Perrin and some Matt, but like barely any. Elaine, not a mention. Yeah. Brandon Sanderson was like, I don't know how to talk about pregnancy. I'm going to leave that one out for now. I'll figure it out <gasps> we'll later. We'll get to that later. We'll get oh to my the, the God. pregnant lady later. 100%. Um, uh, no no land, right? No land at all. We didn't cut up to the north at all. No. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of characters that aren't in this book. Yeah. No mention. We talked about this last night. I was like, I, I'm I'm not excited for the Atha on Mir to come back. I kind of no. like that they're not in it. No. Also, Galad, we know that he is with Perrin and that's it. Mm-hmm. There's like one mention of him and that's all... Yeah. Um, yeah. So just there, there was a lot of characters in this that are just are not in this book in a way that I find really interesting. Yep. Um, and so I wonder who's. I wonder if that. I wonder if they're going to be characters who are in this book a lot that aren't in the next one. Maybe. I wonder if like Towers of Midnight will like not have any Egwene in it because there's just like no. They they don't need to go to the White Tower at all. And we like uh, catch maybe. up with Egwene because but, this is such a like huge moment. And and the the, the I feel like the towers of midnight though were the white tower, the black tower, and the true yeah yeah. Button. So I hmm, I don't know. I just wonder. I, I feel like there's going to be something because this book left out a few characters. I feel like the towers of midnight is going to do the opposite and like deal with some characters that weren't dealt with in this and leave yeah. some characters from this. They're going to catch them up to the timeline that we're at with these people. Yeah, I don't know who it would be, right? Because Rand obviously it can't be Rand. I think Elaine and Matt. That's gonna become one timeline for a little bit, right? Because he's mm, going to Because they're together. That's, no, he's in Caimlin. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's, mm-hmm. I guess he's there now. But, um. Yeah. Kieran says, um, uh, I wish the timeline was a bit neater. I do wonder how much back yeah. in time we're gonna go in certain plot lines in Tars and Midnight. Because it feels like yeah. we have to. Yeah, we might have some questions about that. Because that is definitely something that does, like, trip me up. Is there a. Has anyone edited a chronological, um, Wheel of Time? Probably. Like, taken the points of view and, like, rearranged them into where they actually happen. Yeah, probably. Um, so, yeah, they're they're about to attack the White Tower. Mm-hmm. Shit's about to go down. And Egwene is like, you know what? I have a feeling deep in my loins that I should wait for one hour. Well, no, no, no. Yeah, she asks Gareth, Gareth, what is the how maximum? Long can we wait? Yeah, yeah. He's like, one hour. And she's and like, I, okay. Again, like, the way Brandon Sanderson writes this, like, Gareth, like, even just, like, the way he was, like, the... There's 300 of them. It's weird that there aren't many of them on the walls. Yeah. But even though we're going to win this, I don't want to add... I wish I'd screenshot it because it's a great line. I But he's like, I don't want to add the randomness of night into the battle. Yes. And I was like, fuck, that's a good fucking line. Yep. I was like, I, I love Gareth Bryan, man. I just love this character so much. Fucking goat. The old men of the Wheel of Time are all pretty fantastic. Yeah. 
All, all the old soldiers. The old the old lords are all fucking morons. And the old soldiers are all, I, like, fucking heroes. Yeah, I think that Robert Jordan is, yeah. is saying something about that. Yeah, Itaralde, uh, Brian, Ruark, Tam. Like, all of these characters are Gareth, just... yeah. These characters are fucking rad. Yup. 100%. Yeah. Um, so, um... Yeah, so oh, they we wait. also but uh, we also find out that Lelaine is like, oh yeah, all the Dream Tron Grail are gone. Oh, right. So the only one they have left is Swans and the one that Elaine has. I do love the little mention uh, that like uh, Sherium is like a hand injury that she won't let anyone look at because she lost a finger. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because her um, pinky got caught in her horse's saddle yeah. and ripped off. But it doesn't matter because she. Oh, because she dead. got all of them except one. Because Swan had one. Yes. Fuck, I don't know how I didn't put that fucking together in my head. You're yeah, right. It's yeah, a, yeah. It's not, like, explicitly said, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, no, no, but you're 100%. Right. I just didn't think about it too much because uh, she also lost her head. And so I was like, well, She died, so it doesn't matter, but <laughs> the yeah. The missing finger isn't as important. It was very funny. When your head's bouncing on the ground. I can't wait for that scene in the show because you know they're going to show it. The, like, chopping block of the 50 heads. You have to show that on the show. Yeah. That is too huge a moment. And, like, you don't actually show it, right? You show the heads on the blocks, and then you show Egwene's face when the swords come down. You just hear the noise. Yeah. And you, But it's just on Egwene's face. It's, you have to do that on the show. Yeah. Because, A, because, um, oh, fuck, what's her name? I, I the, the actress who plays Egwene, great actress. Yeah. I think, and honestly, you could show, like, Egwene, you could show the entire sitters watching from, yeah. like, the, their hall. I think that it's... Um, the swan there. It's such a huge moment for all of those characters that to not show their faces as it happens. Yeah. Oh, uh, Bashir. Fino has, um, Bashir is one of those older guys who's also just fucking great. Right? Yes, fantastic. There's just a lot of good ones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they wait an hour and right before they're about to start the attack, the Aes Sedai come out. There's um, 10 sitters. I was so fucking grateful. Though I didn't need any more fighting in the White Tower. Yeah, yeah, This yeah. story's just been done. Thank God. Well, and here's the thing. I think that it's so interesting that we knew that there was a build-up, that there was going to be a fight in the White Tower, but we just got the Sanchen instead of, a, like, the White Tower against itself. So we got that satisfaction of, like, the action, but we got the emotional, like, beats and resolution for yeah. the mm-hmm. tower coming together. And so, oh, so good. It's mm-hmm. so fucking good. Um, Bizdi says it's like Hermione beheading Professor McGonagall. What? I don't know that it is, but um, <laughs> I don't. I I would love. I yeah. I mean, if McGonagall was evil, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I guess. I think it's yeah. more like Hermione beheading Snape. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Or any of the other evil people. There's a lot of evil people. Harry beheads yeah. um, uh, in the first book, Qu- Quirrell. Beheads him? Yeah, he burns his head off first. The rest of the body follows, but he does go hands to the face. He burns from the top down. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Or Umbridge. Umbridge, I, I, yeah, if Umbridge had been yeah. beheaded, that would have been Yeah, fun off of their head. Uh, yeah, so the, the Aes Sedai come out, and I, I really love, I love this, it being the ending of this, mm-hmm. because I, I just didn't, like, I was like, I don't, this poor city does not need any more war right now. I know. This needs to be, Egwene, because you know what it would be for me? It would undermine the work that Egwene did in the tower if she still had to do it violently. Yeah. So this, this pays off. Them coming out and being like, we uh, actually, can we not fight? Can you just, can you be our leader? <laughs> 
And everyone is like, this is a trap, right? And Egwene's like, I really don't see how it could be. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's the trap? What, yeah, what is they, the trap They here? can't all lie. They can't all be Black Asha, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I... Uh, um, Nerdanol, thank you. Welcome to the Nerd Table. Appreciate it. Uh, Nerdanol, thank you for joining the Nargs. Um, like, I don't know if I said that properly, but... Hey. Um, yeah, so they, yeah, they're like, hey, we want you as Amarlin Seat. So she becomes Amarlin Seat. Albino, I don't think the centaurs rape Professor Umbridge. I think they just like attack her. Oh yeah, they they. I don't think um, there's any sexual component to what happens. There. I I don't I don't think so, but they <clears throat> definitely um torture her into insanity. Which is still awful. Yeah, yeah, but Hermione does kind of engineer that. You're right. Well, she's like, we're either gonna we're either fucked or someone has to take care of this yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, well. It's a weird, that is one of the weird elements of that children's novel. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Egwene is like, look, there's no fucking, there's no fucking, like, trap here. I have conditions, and I like her conditions. She's like, the blue has to be reinstated. And they're like, yeah, we figured we you'd figured. say that. And I'm yeah. like, don't you also want that? Like, Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, they go in. And so they take the army, and they walk in. Yeah. Uh, and Egwene, ch- chapter 46, uh, Egwene is like, I got to go through the ceremony again. Because if I don't get raised as Amerlin for these people, yeah. it's not as real, right? Because Swan is like, no, we already did that. And yeah. Egwene is like, no, no, no. I understand. that. I'm going to explain this to you, Swan. Uh, and so uh, Lelaine is like, or not Lelaine, uh, Lairain, Lairain, uh is Larian. like, let's do this. Um, and Gawain's like, I'm coming. And Egwene's like, no, you're no, not. No, you're fucking not. Why are you here? I said I need a, some fucking time, dude. Just give me a Chill. second. And yeah. so she goes into the hall, uh, and they're like, all right, get them titties out, because I want to see them. Yeah, got to prove that... <laughs> and Egwene uh, is, like, taking woman. her boobs out, and is like, oh, my God, Gawain wanted to be here for this. That would have been fucking awkward as shit. What a dumbass. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's right. They have to take their titties out to prove that they're women, even though, like, men have titties, too. I'm not going to lie. I, if, if you've seen any uh, man, like, I got some titties right now. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm carrying a little bit more weight than I want. Part of the reason why I shaved was because I wanted good before photos uh-huh. for when I lose weight and I get great after photos. I'm going to, like, put them side by side. Uh, and I'm, you're going to be like, oh, my God, that was such a crazy transformation you did. Um, but um, uh, when, you're, when you're a larger man, you, you have titties that, that look like titties. Yeah. They can be indistinguishable. Yeah, times. I don't think you need to, like, display your breasts to be probably, like, I am woman. Probably wouldn't have worked so well to stop Palima. And that's fair. You know what? Uh, John... Nerdanel and John McCauley, thank you to both of you for joining the Narcs. Yeah, welcome to the nerd table. Yeah, um, yeah so titties The Black out. Tower puts dicks on the table. All right, boys, dicks on the table. It's a meeting of the Black Tower. And you're ranked instead of by your power, like, how big it is. But, but, oh, that gets complicated, though, because is it how big you are soft or how big you are hard? Because that is a huge difference for some men. is hard. And not a huge difference for others. That's fair. You know what I mean? Growers versus showers. There's two categories, right? I'm a, I, guys, you're going to see on Amazon Prime soon. I am a grower. You know what I mean? It's true. I have yeah. a respectable length and, and good girth. Yeah. When I'm hard. But when I'm not, it goes away. Yeah. It fucks off. Probably for the best. And know? I am soft on Amazon Prime. Yeah, there, there's gonna be people way. who are like, wow, his penis is small. And I'm gonna be like, no, it's just it's soft at the time. We honestly, I'm trying to set this expectation up now because you're all about to see my penis. In, uh-huh. 
He's a not ready relatively for it. short amount of time. Um, you don't know when it's coming out, do you? It's by the end of the year, it's coming out this year. Well, shit. There's no. Um, it's not like CGI. It's like a detective show, right? Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, you know, so you I'm just trying set to expectations for people. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to set I can, up. I can vouch. You know, he's not trying to like talk himself up. He's just being totally honest. Yeah. Nerdy is a grower. Yeah. Hundred percent. Um, <laughs> yeah. If I was tame, I would recruit nerd. Oh my god. And I am soft on Amazon Prime. It's true. Randall Thor is going to be hard on Amazon Prime, and I am yes. soft. Yes. Exactly. Uh, it's a fun scene. Especially I'm very excited for you all to see it. Uh, god damn it. It doesn't help, though, that I'm also 6'4". I'm, so I'm so large that proportionally it looks smaller on me than it would on a smaller man. That's fair as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's unfair. It's unfair yeah. that I'm 6'4". So and unfair. Jesus Christ. You're the worst. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll let you know oh when that airs. God. Yeah, uh, I'll have more for you guys later. Um, God damn it. I don't know. I haven't, I, I, I haven't heard from them at all since... Yeah, um, well, and you might not, unfortunately. It just is what it is. Um, so, uh, yeah, Titty's out. Egwene is like, yo, where's Sylviana? And they're like, she's in prison. And she's like, all right, get her. And then she does the ceremony. It's a beautiful little ceremony. Yeah, she there's dubs, the minimum number of sitters, which, you know, was not ideal. Which has changed. Um, yeah, it changed. And there's also no reds there. So... Busy says, would you rather be two inches taller or your dick be two inches longer? Neither. Neither. I uh, I Please am no. already six foot four, Please and no. if I'm any taller, I will only hit my head on more things. I, I don't need to be any taller, and if my dick was any longer, I think that you I would, would be upset. I w- I'd be like, look, I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I need a break. Um, so we pick neither. Uh, neither. I will. Uh, I would be. I would actually take. I would be two inches shorter. Yeah. I think six two. Uh, honestly, like being six four has uh, impacted my acting career in some ways because I'm. Too tall for um, some. Uh, oh, uh, you hid the message. I did not mean to do that. You can't. You can't undo it anymore. I'm either. sorry, Sean. I didn't mean to hide your message. Sorry, um, Sean. That was an accident. Yeah, I would actually. I would hate being two inches shorter and be six two. Uh, it would be. It would help my acting career. Yeah. Weirdly, uh, I'm just too tall for when I do chemistry reads with women. Most actresses are like under five six, uh, and so when I do chemistry yeah. reads, I come across as. Um, uh, the 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 height dynamic is too tough. Uh, it's either. I can only be too tall. I, I, I'm too tall to play a lot of romance on stage because yeah. kissing is too awkward. It's a yeah. weird, it's like they a need weird to like get out nitty of gritty thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we get this fucking amazing scene of. Uh, oh, that's what we're talking about. Not my penis. Uh, right. Yeah, this scene's awesome. Well, we were also talking about that, but. Egwene is fucking rad here. Egwene uh, understands the assignment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She's like, bring me Sylviana. Uh, and then she like does does the ceremony. Yeah. Um, and uh, Saren Saren like kind of like gives her a little aside. That's like I not really part like of the that. ceremony. Yeah, yeah. You know, are you are you sure you want to do this? This is a lot. And she's like, I already carry this weight. Yeah. Whether or not you make it official or not, it doesn't matter to me. I like yeah. the the entire weight of the White Tower is on my shoulders, whether you put it there or not. Like I have already done that. And so um, uh, Saren is like, really cool. that's probably why you are the right person for this. Yeah. And then Egwene becomes the Emerald Seat and immediately, without holding her fucking breath, just starts blasting. She's in that room like, fuck you, fuck you, you fuck, fuck you, fuck, fuck your you. mom. 
Yeah. Uh, and so Sylviana comes in, and they're like, oh, are you really going to go straight to judgment? And she's like, are you are fucking you stupid? Idiot? This woman's the only person who did anything good. I go to find such a fucking New Yorker immediately. As soon as I get upset on book club, I go right here. She's just pointing at everybody like, you're dumb. You're an idiot. You're a moron. You're stupid. You fucked up. You fucked up. I fucked up too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I fucked I up. I messed up. You know, we all fucked up a little but bit here. But you are all terrible. And yeah. they're all like, yo, we raised you four seconds ago. And she's like, I don't fucking care. I'm a Gwen Alvear. I'm the Amelyn C. I do what I want. And what I want right now is to tell you all, you're idiots. Why did you let this happen? Elena is the worst. And at no point, you had so much power and you didn't fucking use it. You all suck. She's and they're like, like, some of you sucked less than others, but you still <laughs> suck. And they're just all sitting there like, they're like, yeah. <laughs> You know, she's right, though. She's right, though. <laughs> it's great. She goes off so fast. Fantastic. Yeah, they think she's going to punish Sylviana, oh and the girl's God. like, well, this is probably not the appropriate time for that. And she's like, are you an idiot? This is the only person who stood up to Aleda, who mm-hmm. realized what the fuck was going on, and actually, like, like did something for her. And this is where the Aiel training for Egwene comes into play in such yeah. good way. Like, I I love <laughs> the ideals that the Aiel, like, instill of, like, mm-hmm. you, like, you... You have to atone for the things you've done, yes. even if you made the only decision that you could or the best possible decision that you could. Mm-hmm. You, I agree with that. You, like, like, if you fuck up still, like, even if it's not your fault, it doesn't matter. You have to atone for that. You have to acknowledge that. Like, the Aes Sedai are so removed. They can't even acknowledge when they've failed, except for, you know, a couple of them. We do kind of see that shift, right? But the Aiel have this idea... Mm-hmm. That, like, I think was demonstrated so incredible with Egwene. Yeah. She's like, uh, she, she, Egwene is like, I, um, I have toe to you guys, right? Yeah, she brings Gia into the tower in a way that doesn't feel, that makes it feel less alien to uh, Aes Sedai society. Yeah. But, but brings the, like, the culture of it in. Yeah. I think that this is something that you and I do in our relationship that Mm -hmm. I like, though, is that, like, because, you know, we've, we've had issues in the past of like small things. And, and like, there's a thing that we, that I, or at least I say a lot in conversation of like, I understand that you're not mad at me, but I am still sorry about how this played out or that I did this. Right. Yeah. Like I understand that this isn't a problem for you, but I need you to understand that it not being a problem doesn't mean that I am, that I am not willing to take responsibility for it. Yeah. Cause I want you to know that even though it didn't upset you, I still did something that doesn't benefit you or, or that hindered you in a way. And I am sorry about that, even if it doesn't, um, even if you're not angry about it. Yeah. And I think that it's important to acknowledge those times where you're like, look, like I fucked up and I get that it wasn't a big enough fuck up or it, it didn't, you know, I understand you're not mad, yeah. but I still fucked up. And I, I still want you to know that I'm acknowledging my responsibility in that. Yeah. And I think that we, I, I think that that's one of those things that you and I do in conversation together that I think is, uh, that helps us have a really strong relationship. A hundred percent. Nobody is like, is perfect, right? Yeah. And you just have to acknowledge that about people and acknowledge that about yourself. Yeah. If you go through life thinking that you cannot make mistakes and that you are infallible, we all know those people. Yeah. It makes it a worse experience for you and everyone else around you. 
And Egwene uh, is like, I fucked up as well. I was a rebel. Yeah. I didn't have a choice. But that doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, that's not is that's not what's important here. I'm not here to make excuses for that. I'm here to make up for it and to move forward and, like, do, go to bigger and better things. And it's, oh, it's so good. It's so good. I, like, I love the Aiel and mm-hmm. their system. Like, the... I get them. I understand them. You well, know? And, and I think that part of... Oh, my God. They like to mow the they lawn. They like to mow the lawn on Fridays. During book club. It's great. Um, I don't even know if you guys can hear it, but I can. Uh, the um, I think that... This, is, this might go a little off the rails, but I think that what a lot of people call gaslighting in relationships... Uh-huh. I'm not going to say that gaslighting isn't real. It is. I, I think that where a lot of gaslighting comes from in relationships is in one partner's inability to understand their responsibility for their partner's emotional state. And mm. it, there, there's, I, I think that, and it's mostly men, I think, um, particularly Western men who have been, who have grown up in like the world of toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. I, I think they come at the concept of their partner's emotional, be, um, uh, emotional state as being their partner's responsibility and that's where you get uh, uh, um, apologies like, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Yeah. It, it's, it is you shifting your responsibility onto the other person and yeah. saying that it is your responsibility to feel how you feel about what I said. Yeah. And I, I think that it takes you away from the ability to understand that even if your intentions are good, you might still need to apologize to someone for how you made them feel. Yeah. And and a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. They 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 shy away from that concept because they want to ha- live in this world where you are only responsible for yourself. Yeah. And I think that the what is toxic about masculinity is the very flawed um, ideology of the lone wolf, in that every single person is individually responsible for themselves. Yeah. And that isn't true. We are a tribal species yeah. who we are we feed off of each other's energy we know that we're a very empathetic animal right yeah and the people who i see have the healthiest relationships and the thing that i work on so hard because i don't think that i am very uh, the way my brain works i find being responsible for other people's emotions very difficult but i've also i also understand that it is my job to yeah. make other people feel comfortable and I know I'm not always great at it and I'm working and it's something that I'm actively trying to do, but I have to take responsibility for how I make people feel or else I'm going to make everybody in my life feel worse. And when you understand that, it becomes so much easier to apologize to people. Understanding like, because you can apologize with my intent. I, I would rather, rather than say, I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah. I would rather say, I didn't intend to hurt you in that way. Yeah. But I'm sorry that I did. Yeah, it, it wasn't my intention. There, the, 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 <clears throat> there was no <throat> malice behind <throat> it. And I think that distinction is super important. But it doesn't change the, it doesn't change the fact that this person still felt this way. Yeah. Um, and that just needs to be acknowledged. Yeah. And right? I just, I think that there's, I think there's an element of responsibility that we, that so many modern people struggle with. Um, and yeah. seeing Egwene turn that on it. And I think that the White Tower struggled with that. And seeing Egwene yeah. turn that on its head in its scene is really powerful. And I think that it gives Egwene this status among the Aes Sedai here that uh, is is beautiful and it creates this incredible when Sylviana does come in and when they are um, the, the, I, I do appreciate that Corel like make sure that their titties aren't out anymore before she shepherds Sylviana into the room uh, and she's like look like you 
what she respects about Sylviana is that you did your job, you yeah. did it well, and you took responsibility for it. Yeah. That you are you are living a life of responsibility, which I think is the most important thing that you can do as a person, is to be responsible for your life and responsible for the people around you. And a lot of people are not. And Sylviana is rewarded for that in a way that she absolutely deserves. Yeah. Even though, yeah, was she spanking the shit out of Egwene? Yeah. But... There, there, there was responsibility in that and she understands her place in that. A thousand percent. And there's so much power in understanding your own responsibility and in being apologetic for it in the right way. Yeah. It's why I love that Egwene is like, oh no, they have to apologize for rebelling. Yeah. Because that you cannot bring the tower back together without everyone acknowledging their partner, even if their partner isn't 100% bad, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had the best of intentions and they still need to apologize and it's so... Egwene is coming off like a fucking like... Dip- diplomatic genius here for how she's handling things. And it makes the people respect her, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because she doesn't she doesn't put herself above it. She apologizes as well. Like she tries to place everyone on a, a, an even playing field because mm-hmm. they are all equals. And that's what she's trying to instill in these people that, that that they are equals, that they all matter and that they do all need to take responsibility for their wins and their losses, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you uh, I, as a person I know, automatically respect someone so much more when they take responsibility for their actions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like fucking like YouTube apology videos, you know, to trivialize it in a, in a sense, right? But you can tell when people are like, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean, like, I just, you know, excuse, excuse, and it's sorry you felt and that you interpreted this, right? It's the difference like, between the YouTube apology videos where the the apologizer makes themselves the victim yeah. versus the ones where the apologizer acknowledges their responsibility and the harm they did to the actual victim. Exactly. And it, it, it isn't a fine line. It is a very distinct line, and everybody knows when you've done it poorly. Yeah. Thankfully, oh, we haven't we had help. to make a YouTube apology video yet. But no, no. I'm sure we will at some point. So the Attack on Titan community. I was going to say, should we apologize to the Attack on Titan? No, because that Titan? is a show. And if should you don't we know. apologize for, Titan, you know, being honest? Attack on Titan is a show that struggles with responsibility. And so much of the arguments against my problems with the show are, well, these characters have no agency in their world. Yeah. And so you can't be upset when they behave the way that they do. Yeah. And I think that that's... I, it's just not a storytelling that I'm as interested in as I am in Egwene here where I'm like, yeah, Egwene is fucking responsible for her actions. And because everybody watches her be responsible for her actions, all of these characters are going to be better people for experiencing this. Yes. Right? This, yes. Egwene is going to Egwene change is leading by example. the White Tower for the better mm-hmm. by being as wonderful as she is in this. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I, I loved this scene. Yeah. And, and we'll and uh, we'll, and the speech obviously that she has later. Um, yes, there's so many good moments, but oh, just fucking. Fantastic. Oh no, that that is in this chapter as well. Um, I, I want to read that speech if you'll indulge me. Sure. Uh, I think f- uh, first she makes Sylvia on her keeper, right? And she accepts. Yeah, to, because she she knows she needs to be a red. She needs it to be a red, which I think is so yeah. smart. Uh huh. Um. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um. So uh, this is a this is a Gwen speech. Um, sisters, daughters. Oh, she, and she raises her to the red because there are no reds because the reds are kind of like they're a worried they're going to be banished like the blues were. Yep. Uh, and B, or a bunch of them were dark friends. All of the fled. sitters have fled. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah. So she she goes out to the address the uh, the rebels and she says, sisters, daughters, I've been raised properly to the Amerlin seat. Both sides of this conflict have chosen me. Both followed the prescribed methods and both now accept me as their Amerlin. It is time to join together again. I will not pretend that our division did not take place. We of the White Tower are sometimes too eager to forget those facts we don't want to acknowledge. This one cannot be hidden. Not from us who lived it. We were divided. We nearly came to war with one another. We have disgraced ourselves. Yeah. You rebels before me have done something terrible. 
You have shattered the tower and raised up a rival Amerlin. For the first time, troops have been marshaled by Aes Sedai against Aes Sedai. I led these troops. I know of this shame. Necessary or not, it is a shame. And this is where, like, the Aiel language is so peppered into this speech. Yeah, and I don't think but without that, the toe, yeah. you know? But this is this is an Aiel speech, and I love that about it. You can just feel the, the, the time she spent with them matters so much to who she is now. Yeah. It's just, it lives in these words. so much. Uh... It, for those of you wondering what was the section that made me almost cry in this, it was actually the speech. Um, it wasn't anything to do with Rand. This was where I was tearing up. Um, oh. Because even reading it now, I have goosebumps. I think this is like one of the best written pieces of this entire series. Yeah. Um, necessary or not, it is a shame. And so it is that I require your admission of guilt. You must take responsibility for your crimes, even those performed in the name of the greater good. Fucking brilliant. Yeah. You did not come here in glory. You did not come here victorious, for there is no victory and could have been no victory when sister fought sister and warder died to warder. Mistakes have been made on both sides, and we will all have to work hard to repair what we have done. It is said by blacksmiths that a sword can never be whole again. Once it has been shattered, it must be completely reforged. The metal melted down to slag, then reworked and reformed. Mm -hmm. These next few months will be our reforming. We have been broken, then torn down nearly to roots. The last battle approaches, and before it arrives, I mean to see that we are once again a sword forged with strength, whole and unbroken. The fact that she does this off the dome, that was a little crazy. Like, I feel like a team of writers probably helped her with this. <laughs> I will make demands of you. Like, you know she what I want? You know what I fucking want to do? Uh -huh. I want to write the West Wing version of writing this scene. Oh, my God. The walk and talk with Josh. Well, and also she brings up the blacksmiths. Like, that's also a very mm -hmm. ideal thing as well. Um... The, the last battle approaches, and before it arrives, I mean to see that we are once again a sword forged with strength, whole and unbroken. I will make demands of you. They will be harsh. They will stretch you to the limits of what you think you can bear. I will take these burned holes and fill them. Accommodations will have to be made, for between us there are far too many sitters for the hall, not to mention five too many Aja heads. Some of you will have to step down and bow yourselves in humility before those you dislike. What a fucking sentence! It's so fucking good! These days will test you. I will force you to work with those you saw as enemies just hours ago. You will march alongside those who spurned you or hurt you or hated you. But we are stronger than our weaknesses. The White Tower stands and we shall stand with it. We will become one again. We will be an assembly that tales will tell of. When I am finished with you, it will not be written that the White Tower was weak. Our divisions will be forgotten in the face of our victories. We will be remembered not as the White Tower who turned against itself, but as the White Tower who stood strong in the face of the shadow. These days will be legendary. I was fucking, I'm like, even now, like, you can see my skin is fucking popping. I know, I know, I This know. is the fucking, like, this might be one of the greatest speeches ever fucking written down. I couldn't read Legendary without thinking Barney Stinson. I know, but like, I know. um, just. It's just, it's too good. Let it go forth across the land. Let it be spoken of. Let it be relied upon. And let it be remembered. The White Tower is whole and complete. And no one, man, woman, or creation of the shadow will see us divided again. Like, like, that is one of, if not the greatest speech I've ever read in a book. Yeah. And yeah. I just, I, I, it is the, it is one of the greatest things ever. Yeah. <laughs> I just love it. Yeah. And like, this is a level of, like, speaking truth to power and, and the honesty of this speech. Because mm -hmm. we talk a lot about, um, the, the, the communication in this series being really rough and, and like the manipulations and there is nothing manipulative about this speech. This is at its core, 
a, a very dark speech. Yep. I am. You're going to do things that you feel are terrible. You are going to work with people that you hate. You yep. are going to bow yourself in humility between, before people who have spurned you. There, there is a darkness to this, but it is so honest and it, it speaks to the reality of the world these characters live in in a way that it builds them up to understanding the the, the depth of the moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is like the greatest State of the Union speech you could ever give. Yeah. And it allows for all of these characters to come into this apology understanding the reverence that she has for the apology. Yeah. And Egwene uh, has learned from the mistakes that have been made through history mm -hmm. with the White Tower sweeping things under the rug, pretending shit doesn't exist, mm -hmm. and instead is like, like this, we're not going to pretend this didn't happen. We're not going to hide this. Yeah. This isn't going to be secret histories of the White Tower. No, fuck that shit. Yeah. We are not perfect. We are people. And, and, and I think that a lot of the mistrust from people against Aes Sedai is that they know that they can't be perfect, that they know that they're hiding things. Yeah. And being open and honest with what actually happened there is going to be, because they're keeping the oaths, is going to be a big step in, in healing that trust with, uh, with the nations of Randland. Yeah. Um, and so, I, like, yeah, fucking Egwene is just such a big brain here. I, I loved it. It's great. Like, th this chapter is second it. only to the Battle of Emmonsfield for me. Th this is... Yeah. This is one of my... Like, this might be my... Yeah, it's three pages that I think are three of the best pages I've ever read in my life. Yeah. And I, I think that this speech is... Un it's unbelievable. It, it pays off so much of Egwene's growth, of what Swan has taught her, of yes. what the Aiel have taught her. It blends Swan's teachings and the Aiel so beautifully into a moment. And... I love that it, you get it's to earned. see... It's earned. It's so earned. Yeah, I love that you get to see a character who has grown because of the influences around them. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of characters that I've read who just, who like grow and it comes from an internal place. I, I just, I, I really like being able to pinpoint where things are coming from mm -hmm. in our characters' arcs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> James Gunn, thank you for that super chat. Erwin's speech better? No. No, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm so in the sorry. original to, to talk language? about characters who don't understand how to take responsibility. Um, uh, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> not uh, even close. That really, speech is fine. I really liked Guardians Three, so well done. <laughs> yeah, you are you're a great writer. Um, I love your movies. Yeah, uh, Slither is great. She hasn't seen it, but um, sorry. Yeah, it's great. No, I'll get on that. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, this yeah, this is just it's it's fantastic, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, we need to move on because I don't want to have a five-hour show, but um, I enough. do. I love this so much. Fair enough. Chapter 47, the one he lost. Tam shows up and Rand uh, loses his fucking shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is rough. Well, he, the, Rand goes for a walk first, you know? Yeah, and Rand is like, for a walk. I, I like look like a human, but I am not a human. I just not, that's not me. Not a human. All around me are familiar <laughs> faces, uh, worn out places. And he uh, he is pondering why the Choden Call is not in the prophecies, but Kalendor is. Which comes into play later. Yeah, well, and cuts, uh, has... Because it's about working together. Yeah, it's almost like you have to work with others. Um, what? It's, it's like being a team player is a good thing. Uh, and uh, so the, he he finds his way to the heart of the stone, 
Yep. And it's like, hey, you guys don't need to stand here. This is just a room. Yeah, Calendar's not here anymore, so go so, There's no reason for you to be here. useful. We're going to Sheogul. They can travel into any room in this place, so it doesn't really matter where you are. Yeah. Uh, and she, she, he finds himself at the place where he brought that little girl back yeah. in The Dragon Reborn. Or Shadow Rise. I can't remember which book it was in. I think it's three. Or four. It's three or four. It's either... <sighs> It's yeah. either right at the end of three or right at the beginning of four. Because remember, at the beginning of four, they're hanging they're hanging out in the stone for a bit. Fair. I yeah. can't remember Chat when the battle can happens. Probably tell us, but there's also it's Shadow Reborn. Okay. It Shadow Rising. Shadow, Shadow Reborn. Um, um, um. There's also tapestries of him on the walls. Yeah, they had time to like paint and stitch and and embroider. Yeah. I have to pee so bad. I will okay. be right back. I'm so sorry. Bye. I love this um, part though. And so, uh, yeah, he he enters his room. And he's had a good pace. He's had a good conversation. And he's like, you know what? I am I am emotionless. I am hard. I am rock hard. I haven't seen Min in a bit. That's weird. She's kind of gone. But I, I understand why she's gone. I'm too hard. God damn. Call the police and the fireman. And just as he's thinking uh, the lyrics to the Bruno Mars song that I'm sure um, Luce Theron remembers from the Age of Legends, uh, there's a knock on the door. And he goes over. And he opens the door. And Clarice, do you want to uh, fill us in on who's behind the door? Oh, yeah. So behind the door is Tam L4. And Rand's like, Daddy. And then Tam walks in. And they have a whole conversation uh, about how, like, Tam acknowledges that he's a stepdad. And Rand is like, yeah, I, I knew because the, when we were in the dark after you fought Narg. Do you remember Narg? Narg was a great character. I fucking love Narg. Holy shit. I miss Narg so much. Do you remember when he was like, Narg smart? <laughs> Oh my god, that was such a great moment in the first book. Wow, uh, I just loved her so much. Uh, uh, Narg is canonically female. I don't know if you guys know that. But so Narg was like, Narg smart. And then I carried you through the woods. And you were like, I'm not your daddy, actually. Uh, but you were like kind of in and out of it because you'd been stabbed. Uh, and Nynaeve hadn't healed you yet. Uh, and Tam's like, yeah, no, that totally happened. That makes sense. Uh, I'm sorry that I, you found out that way. But I hope you know, um, Lord, son, I, I, I don't actually know what to call you anymore. Uh, it's kind of weird that you are doing the so you you i don't know what to say why are we doing a mickey mouse impression no that was you that is not me yeah clarus kind of sounds like this you know she's like ah uh, yeah why do i have a like weird growl uh, i don't know <laughs> what, what, is, what is this that doesn't sound like i i can't even well you know the thing about clarus polaris is um oh my god you sound like a specific character uh -huh. no mickey mouse is Mickey Mouse is more like. Uh, yeah, you've got you the. You want to be a musketeer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, oh, the, oh boy! The, yeah, Mickey Mouse doesn't have so no, much power. What, what you were doing is a like very specific. It is is a. Very it wasn't specific quite Morty. Character. Morty from Rick and Morty's like, ah, oh, Rick. Uh, it's it's a Rick and Morty isn't quite as high. Uh, I, I don't know if I want to do that, Rick. I I don't know. I uh, he's more. Marie, Morty's a little bit more, uh, I don't know, you guys. It's, uh... Dadzy says make it stop. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dadzy, thank you for the super chat. You need a puppet. Uh, I need a puppet, Clarus. A little redheaded. Oh, my God. That would be um, horrific. So, yeah. So, um... So, uh... Tam comes in. Uh, the, 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 the fucking, like, son, lord, I don't know what to call you, was so awkward. And then Rand being like, yes, Tam, you did a good job raising me. Yeah. Uncomfy. Yeah, it was very uncomfy. But like in a way that I was so real. Yeah, it was great. Like I was like, yeah, this would be this would be super fucking awkward. Yeah. Um <laughs> nerdy side job is voice acting. 
Yeah. I wish I could do more character stuff, though. All the voice acting I do is, like, fucking industrial shit. And, like, yeah. it, it pays us, really well. Send us some voice acting. If, like, you need, you know? if you need a voice actor, I'm down. I will, I, will, I will create a character for you. But, like, a lot of what I get paid to do as a voice actor is, is like... reading instructionals. When you enter into the system, remember to put your password in to the password field. The password field can be found on the top right side of your screen. If you're having a hard time finding the password God field on mobile, there is a... Yeah, and so it's just a lot of, like, that stuff. Yeah, that, that yeah. stuff's not quite as... Fun. Um, you could voice Gollum probably better than that game that came out. Oh, have you seen it? Chat, chat, chat. Go watch Skillup's video. If you want to laugh for 20 minutes, go watch Skillup's video on the new Gollum Is the game. voice really bad? The, the voice isn't as bad as everything else about the game. It looks horrendous and it costs $60. I said, people, that trailer dropped and people were like, whoa. And I was like, this does not look interesting to me. Yeah. And I, I feel very vindicated. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, all right. Anyways, so yeah, this the scene with Tam hurts scenes. your heart. Serious Tam, Tam is like, yeah, Morgase is alive, but she says she's not queen. And I was like, what? The, Tam was Tam the fucker who recognized Morgase. Knows Morgase. Of unless, all of the characters that have run into her, Tam is the one that noticed her. Unless Morgase at this point has told them who she is. Maybe that happens in Towers of Midnight. Maybe this. Maybe that. Maybe this is all revealed in Towers of Midnight, yeah. and this is like a teaser for like, something we're gonna flash what back to. What's happening here? That seems very strange. Um, but the yeah. more gaseness of it all was I did not like this line. I Which, was like, because it implied that Tam figured it out before everyone else, and I was like, no, that's no. Galena would have if Tam fucking recognized more gays, Galena would have recognized more gays. Okay. Yeah, especially because yeah, I don't know. It's look, see, we'll Travis that. Willingham and I are we're gonna play brothers one day. That's all I'm gonna say. I hope so. I'm gonna get that guy to play my. I love him so much. Mm-hmm. He is my hero. You don't understand. Mm-hmm. I love that. Man, um, we, we yeah we love he's him. he's a fellow big tall fellow big neurodivergent boy, boy. <laughs> neuro spicy <laughs> neuro spicy you love to see it um yeah he he's my favorite yeah we also um, know how long live grog we also know how Tam got his sword he uh, killed the blade master and we knew that already witnesses. I didn't remember that I'm sure we were told you know we were probably told that I didn't I think that's that. how we learned about that rule right oh maybe yeah. I'm not sure, but yeah. Um, oh, wait. Oh, my God. Sean is so right. What? I'm so stupid. When Perrin, when when Rand has his vision of Perrin, Galad is there. Galad would recognize his fucking stepmom. Oh, fair. If Galad, Galad would be like more gays? Timelines. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, timelines. Right, because Galad is there. No, wait. Yeah. Yeah, Galad is, Galad is Rand's brother. Yeah, yeah. No, huh? yeah so yeah. more gays is his stepmom. Yes. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Thank you, Sean. Oh, my God. That makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah. No, um, that checks out. Whatever the timelines are there, we'll, we'll figure it out. But uh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so, oh, man. Uh, Daniel Short says this section kind of suffers through the books being split in two. That makes sense. I think that's fair. I didn't really take away from the scene at all. I thought that what was being said about, you know, duty um, and, like, that you always have a choice in life, uh, was still really poignant. Um, mm-hmm. like, I love that, like, I love that Rand is, like, uh, should stop whining, and, um, Tam is, like, no, it, if you're a, if you're a lord, it's deliberating. deliberating. And I was like, That's great. let's fucking go. Um, and so, uh, Tam, Tam introduces a concept to Rand, where Rand is, like, I'm stuck. Like, I'm in a prison of the pattern. I, I can't make any choices. And Rand, or, and Tam says, no, like, you, 
it's not about how you live. It's about, it, it, it's not about, um, it's not about whether you, it's not about how, whether you live or die, but like, what not you how you die, die but for. why you die yeah, and what you die for. Right. Yeah. Um, and it seems like he's actually getting through to Rand. Rand is like softening and softening and it's working like this. This is getting through to him in a way that nobody else can. Yeah. And I think that Min could have or Elaine could have or Avienda could have. Min's problem but was that don't... she was there for the fall. And Elaine and Avienda's problem is that they're too caught up in their own shit to help Rand. They also don't have the life experience that Tam does. Like Tam could sure, but I think they could to a way. I think they could have gotten through to him if it had if they weren't doing their own shit. I just mean that Tam understands what it's like to be a soldier and be yeah. like a piece in the puzzle that like the others are are all like main characters. They would have gotten through to him in a different way. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that is totally fair. Um but um yeah, Tam, Tam is the one person who can really relate to Rand on this specific level. Yeah. Um and that Rand uh, respects and yeah, it, it is like working. It does seem to be working until Tam mentions Cad Swain. He's like, oh, damn, like, you know, I wish he that woman had come for me sooner. And Rand is like, I'm sorry, what? Who? Who this uh, bitch? Uh, Christian Rapper says, Tam is the definition of a Mary Sue character, but I'm okay with that. He's not. No. A Mary Sue character, the, the reason Tam isn't a Mary Sue is because he has lived a life that has given him the experience necessary to have these skills. Yeah, even if we don't see that on screen because Tam is not the main character, he his his knowledge and his life experience is still comes from somewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. he doesn't just like uh, you know start I don't know fucking basket weaving and is perfect at it. Like yeah, it's not because this isn't his first time dealing with this. He yeah. has a lifetime of it, and he's and he specifically calls back to his own experiences. Yeah, like in this chapter alone, he is pointing at why he. He knows these things. Yeah. Like he brings up the story of how he became a blade master as evidence of why what he's saying is valid, right? And that is the difference between a character that, that be, between a character who's introduced as just uh, Mary Sue in this series would be more like Elaine, right? Elaine has just kind of always been good at things in a yeah. weird way. Yeah. I don't mind it, but the, you know, Elaine hasn't had to work for a lot of the skills that she's she developed. She just like makes terrain grills mm-hmm. out of nowhere, which here's the thing. I, her being good at the Camelin stuff, political stuff, that's been her whole life. She has trained for these kinds of things. But yeah, the one power, you know, when mm-hmm. you're kind of just perfect at it does feel a little bit in that direction. Yeah. Um, uh, Narcissus, thank you for that super chat. The way they split these books the to focus on a few of the plot instead of all of them made these books not sloggy. I, I understand what you're saying and I agree with you. I'm glad they accept the weird timeline trade-off. That's fair. I just wish that it was set up a little... I wish it was explained a little bit better in the books. I wouldn't mind them giving, like, dates or things. context. Yeah, some yes. context would be good. Some touchstones, for sure. But, but uh, so Tam uh, is like, what the fuck have they done to you, man? God, Cat Swain brought me here. And then Rand is like, Cat Swain brought you here. And then this is the part where I was like, remember when I said last week that Cat Swain was manipulating Rand? And you were like, no, this wasn't manipulative at all. It's fucking manipulative. And can you guys read? You're in a book club, so I'm assuming you can read. Cat Swain sucks. Cat Swain fucking sucks here. And like Tam almost dies for it because she doesn't. Look, bringing Tam in to help Rand I think is a great move. Not adequately preparing Tam for why the situation is as fraud as it is and throwing Tam in with some pre-written words and hoping that it works out is where Cat Swain fucking falls apart. Cat Swain's biggest pitfall is that she is not honest with people and doesn't share information. If she had been yeah. completely honest with Tam, 
yeah. as to what the situation was. And, hey, Rand fucking hates me. Yeah. This is what he did to me. So, like, you need to tread with caution. I, yeah, I think that, like, bringing Tam in for this is definitely, like, a good call. But she's already fucked up so bad and has not learned from that and mm-hmm. then fucks up again in the same way. And... Tam calls her out on it and is right. Yeah. Right? Like, and that's when Tam Nynaeve fucking, is like, like... Tam is like, you're a, you're terrible. And that's when Nynaeve watches Tam call out Cad Swain for being a bully. Thank God. I love like, Tam. Oh. Tam is like, I've dealt with fucking people like you. If, if you were a dude, you'd be trying to punch me. But since you are not, like, you're just using the one power to fucking bring your dick out. Bullies are bullies. Yeah. It's so good. Yes. But before we get that, Rand uh, freaks out about Cad Swain because she... Because of what she did. And he weaves Balefire at his dad, realizes in that moment what has happened. Yeah. And is like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go blow up Ebudar and pops through a portal, leaving Tam staring at the hole in the earth where his son just looked at him with eyes that could literally kill. Yeah. And like, oh my God, this hurt. Look at how they massacred my boy. I felt, honestly, I felt like Rand reading this in that I yes. went numb. Like, uh, I, I, this, I think I that there's like, a world where this could have made shit. me cry, but I was so numb. And the first emotion I felt reading this was anger. I was so mad at Cat Swain. Yeah. And this is one of those weird times where characters, like, I understand, I understand this is all fictional, but I feel my emotions very deeply. And I was like, I was mad at Cat Swain. Yeah. I was viscerally angry at this character for putting this situation here. Yep. And it is... I don't blame you. Ildwam, thank you for joining for five months. Ildwam, thank you. When Katzwain chastised Nynaeve for keeping information hostage with the world on the line, I oh. wanted to scream. Yes. God. I know, I know. Yes. Thanks for reading my poem. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Rantamore, this chapter is worth an audiobook re-listen. Ooh, I, I would check that out. I would like to hear Michael Kramer read some of these lines. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Bring some fucking tissues. Uh, thank you um, for that super chat rant. Yeah, the, it, this was just, I was so viscerally angry with Tam here because. With Tam? That's right. Uh, no, with, I was angry with oh, Tam with in that, like. Tam. Alongside I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Side by side. Um, when he was giving it to Cat Swain, I was right there with him, you know, looking over his shoulder because the, it just, it, it, it does. Like, I, I think that, like, she, this is her greatest failure to me, right? Is this. And she won't see it that way. And this is my problem with this working out, is that Ked Swain is going to be like, it worked. My methods worked once again because I'm the great Ked Swain. And when I put things into motion, and I'm like, yes, but you don't understand how close you were to, to destroying the world. destroying the entire world. Because if I, yeah. Rand destroys Abu Dhar there, it's it's done for. Or if Rand kills himself on top of the mountain. Yeah. Also, like, yeah. No, she fucked. Oh, man. She yeah. fucked up so bad. Oh, yeah. my God. Um. Yeah. Uh, and so we cut to chapter 48. Uh, Min and Katswain are having a calm little discussion about the prophecies of the dragon. Uh, yeah. And uh, Min comes to, uh, if you know how Kalandor works, which we do, the most obvious conclusion in the world. Yes, but if you have no idea how Kalandor works, then this would not be obvious, which the historians obviously didn't. Yeah. Uh, very cool. But yeah, Min is like, this is wrong. And what's her face is like, Pfft. <laughs> Shitty mm-hmm. girl. <laughs> and Ken Swain is like, actually, no, uh, you're 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 right about that. So this chapter right. is called Reading the Commentaries, which is something I try not to do as much as possible on the internet. Um, Fair enough. I don't blame you for de- that. Y'all are delinquents. 
Uh, don't go into our comment sections on any platform, including Patreon. The people who pay because they're supporting us. Yeah, apparently there's spoilers in the Patreon. I know. Right now, so just to stay out of it. No. Y'all, y'all, y'all. Y'all need to be stopped. You test my patience. Yeah. You test my patience. Um, God damn it. Uh, I also will love how confidently y'all will say that the show or thing works one way, only to have someone in the next comment below it be as confident about a completely opposite reading. Yeah. But we're the ones who are wrong that it's confusing, even though y'all... It, it's funny. People are like, this thing isn't confusing because it is this. And then the next person will be like, because no, it is this other this. thing. And I'm like, and like, do you not see how you both being so confident in your position on what the thing is is why I'm saying that it is confusing. Yes. Because if it wasn't confusing, you wouldn't both be able to be so confident in your opposition to one another. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It is very interesting how that works. Uh, yeah. So uh, the the saying is that he shall hold a blade of light in his hands and the three shall be one, which we know how calendar works. We need two women and a man yeah. to wield calendar safely. But Beldine... Uh, sniffs at Min about it, and then Min is right, and Ketswain is like, "You wanna, you wanna you apologize, Beldine? And Beldine gets up and leaves, and I was like, "Wow, Jesus Christ, what the fuck? Ha what's going on here?" Yeah, but we don't get it. We don't have time to get into Beldine being a little. We don't have time for that uh, because <clears> Tam <throat> comes in and Ketswain fucking uh, ties him up with hair because she's a fucking bully, and Tam calls her out for her bullshit. And uh, Min is like, oh, shit, uh, Rand is gone. And, and she's like, this direction. And they're like, oh, shit, he's gone to Ebudar to destroy the Sanchen. And Tam is like, yeah, it kind of looked like Ebudar, actually. So let's get, let's just read this uh, dialogue really quick. Uh, Tam slams the door open and says, what have you done to him? And Ketswain responds with, I have done nothing to the boy other than encourage him towards civility, something, it seems, other members of the family could learn as well. To which Tam replies, Watch your tongue, Aes Sedai. Have you seen him? The entire room seemed to grow darker when he entered. And that face. I've seen more emotion, emotion in the eyes of a corpse. What has happened to my son? I want this scene. This show has to make it to the end because I need this scene. I need someone to yell I know, I at know. fucking Ketswain. Watch your tongue, Aes Sedai. Uh, Narcissus, thank you for that. Oh my god, thank you for that super duper chat. Boom, I just spoiled you. I feel spoiled. Narc Narcissus. Ooh, <laughs> I'm thank so, so spoiled. See, this is the kind of spoiling that we encourage. <laughs> uh, the other kind of spoiling, uh, not so much, but you know yeah. what? I uh, appreciate you. Thank but thank you. you for that. Thank that is you for that. incredibly generous. Uh, and honestly, you guys are ridiculous. That's super duper duper chat. Um, this is the scene that I might actually go back and read or listen to the audiobook because I just want to listen to someone yell at Keswain. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so t uh, Tam uh, says, um, you have a lot to explain to and gets cut off and he's lifted into the air. Keswain or Nynaeve goes, Keswain, you don't need to. And Tam goes, it's all right, wisdom. I've known men who, when challenged, always turn to their fists for answers. I've never liked Aes Sedai. I was happy to be rid of them when I returned to my farm. A bully is a bully, whether she uses the strength of her arm or other means. And Kat Swain snorts, but the words have irked her. So she puts him down. She's like, mm, I don't like it when other people are right. <laughs> and so 
I, and like, Ham is right here. If you'd explained to me how he regarded you, it might have gone differently. Burn me. This is what I get for listening to Aes Sedai. Yeah. This is what Cad Swain gets for being cocky. And I hate that it works. I hate that this plan does work because Cad Swain is, I need her to learn this lesson because I do think she's valuable to the fight. But her cockiness, her arrogance, her withholding, her narcissism is her fucking greatest flaw. And it makes her exhausting to all the people around her, including us. And it's why she sucks, because Tam could have fucking been killed by Randall Thor because yeah. she didn't share information well. And that would have been the end of the world. Yeah. And, like, her arrogance could have ended the whole world. Yeah. And she is still, in this moment where this man is explaining this to her, she is still trying to pretend that she was right and that she was, like, her arrogance is untouched here. All she, like, there's the snort, but, like, can Swain, what has to happen for you to learn your lesson? You are too old to be this fucking cocky. She behaves like a 15-year-old girl that all the boys like in school. So she thinks she can get away with shit because she's hot. She's the Regina George. She is Regina George. Yeah. But Regina George learned her fucking lesson. She well, had to get hit by a goddamn bus for it to bus. happen. Someone get a bus. We need to run Cat Swain over with a fucking bus. Someone get a bus, please. Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Ted Swain needs, like, a fucking, like, quest, like, list, uh, like, in a video game where it says whether you succeeded or failed. It just gets, like, a big fat failure. You failed this quest. Oh, my God. I just hate her so... I wanted I wanted to grow to like this character over time. I was hoping this joke... I was hoping this shirt was going to be a joke. That I was going to be like, remember when I made a Cad Swain suck shirt? And all I want to do now is remake this shirt with the letters larger so that you can't miss the fact that Cad Swain sucks. But she's so fucking arrogant about I know, it. I know. Oh. I know. Like, I can't even, like, try and defend her anymore because I'm like, yeah, what what an asshole. Do you still shrimp for Cad Swain? No. No, I'm, uh, I'm, no, I'm good. Um, so chapter 49, just another man. Rand pops out in Ebudar, uh, spends some time hanging out with the Tuatha on, which was cool. Yeah. Uh, trades his cloak for a walking stick and a less nice cloak. Yeah. Um, and. Sure. I, I like this. I like the, I like the Rand having to, Rand having to come to terms with the fact that the Sanchen are doing a better job ruling than he is because they're not beholden to the next battle. They only have to rule what they've done, what they have, right? And so that is, they're able to be more um, benevolent. Yeah. Because Rand is ignoring the fact that it is easy to lead well when you have slaves for labor. Yeah. You know what I mean? But but that, that, that's the reality of it, right? Like the, the, the Sanchen Empire benefits from slavery. Yeah. Much in the same way that the American South did. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the American economy today is built on the backs of the the, uh, the ability to grow that slavery gave that economy for so long. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's why when we talk about reparations, it's so silly to me that so many people are against reparations when so many white Americans have so much wealth today because of the, the like, long-term effects of building a country on the backs of slaves. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it is, it's just, it's one of those kind of, like, absurdist arguments well, that I, I I don't know how to get into with people. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because the the the, the these people are all t- taking advantage. They're not 
they don't have slaves themselves, mm-hmm. but they are full on taking advantage of of this situation and turning a blind eye mm-hmm. to what's happening to these people. And you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of hate towards Aes Sedai and Channelers, mm-hmm. which there's you know a lot of uh, lies that are uh, perpetrated about uh, other races as well. And so this does feel yeah. like very real world and poignant. Arzu, thank you so um, much for five gifted Arzu, memberships. I appreciate you. that. Thank you, thank you so 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 much. Um, um Malandio says Canada it. did slavery too. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. I, I don't think that the Canadian economy benefited to the level that the American economy did. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm not. I'm not denying that at all. Uh, Canada has a, a very dark history that we have a lot to atone for. Uh, and I think that the current Canadian government is doing a very bad job of that, especially with the promises they made uh, when, um, particularly towards the indigenous people of Canada and the yeah. promises they made to them when they went into power. Don't get me wrong. I, I am not unilaterally focused on the wrongs of America. The country I live in is uh, wrong in many ways as well. Yeah. Um, but um, it is, it, you know. The, it's the easiest one for more people to, like, connect to because it, it is a it is kind of the bigger, more poignant, like, example. Well, and it is, it is the one that I think that Robert Jordan pulled from through yeah. his relationship being South Carolinian, yes. right? Uh, and also, I think the, um, the the reality of it is is that when you have magic slaves who can, you know, deal with so many of your issues, the, it allows for the rest of the society to run a lot easier, right? Yeah. It just, it just, that's just how it works, right? Yeah. Um, and so the, the, the reality of the situation is that, yes, like the Ebu Darans don't have complaints because the Sanchin have not fully assimilated them and won't fully assimilate them until their war is over. Like the, the, and the, the lie of this scene mm-hmm. that Rand is not acknowledging is that the only reason these people are not complaining about the Sanchin yet is because the Sanchin haven't fully assimilated them yet. Yeah. Because it's not valuable to them to fully assimilate them until after they have won their war. Yeah, like none of these, like none of the Tuatha Anar farmers who are seeking refuge here have been like sold as property yet, right? But they, they will be come. There, many of the Ebu Darans who are currently free will be made into Dakoval after they win the war. Because the reality is that the Sanchin, it isn't valuable to be a, to, to, Fully assimilate the nation while you're also fighting a war. You don't want to have that infighting inside no, of you your borders. No, you don't want to be fighting inside as well as outside. And so I, I think that there's there's a lie that Rand is... It, it, I think that it is valuable for Rand to see it this way. Because I think that it will make him a better ruler moving forward. Yeah. Right? I, I think that um, him viewing the Sanchin in their benevolence, uh, even though Rand is not realizing how false that benevolence actually is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, And it is temporary. Oh, oh, a hundred percent. Right. Like, yeah, like these people, like, like I said, they, they fled to benefit and, and like to turn their backs on an entire group of people and don't, don't understand that, uh, they might be in a worse position for mm-hmm. doing so as well. Like it, it's uh, hopefully going to bite them in the ass. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, this was, this was a rough chapter to read because he, the city is like, wow, he's like, wow, everything's doing so well. And I'm like, yeah, but like. It's not worth it. But it's a lie. It is. A, it's a lie. It's a lie. Yeah. Um. And the, you know, I, I think it's, 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 it's important for Rand to not see that lie in this moment for his character development. I think Brandon Sanderson writes this so fucking well. Yeah. But, but there is an interesting element of it where the, 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 the kindness and the, the benevolence is not real. Yeah. And, but Rand isn't a, a, isn't a smart enough political mind to realize that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but so he almost decides to kill everybody. 
uh, and has actually a really good plan. Uh, yeah. If he had gone through with it, I actually think his plan was well uh, thought out to limit the number of Ebudarn casualties. Yeah. Um, but um, he doesn't take that. Instead, he just pops up to the top of Everest. Well, he gets sick, right? He gets sick, and there's the people are like genuinely. No, he gets sick because he. Um, that's just him taking in the power. No, I know, but the people like are worried about him. He yeah, like yeah. sees the worry like in these people's faces who don't know who he is or whatever, and it's like a striking moment for him, and he has to just get out. It it, it was such a like, it was such an interesting moment for me. That mm-hmm. entire chapter wasn't like action packed or anything like that, but that just that the, the him him being there and and witnessing what was going on and then trying to enact this plan and not being able to succeed it was oh man it was just it like shook me a little bit you know mm-hmm. yeah uh, and then we get to chapter 50 yeah a lot of people's favorite it kind of seems like it's good it isn't as good as a Gwen speech but it is very close this, this chapter is fantastic this was the one that got me a little choked up so we had we we had different moments um yeah so Rand sits on top of the mountain and just kind of chills. He's like, "Yeah, uh, I really like that. I I like that Asmodian was finally acknowledged." Uh, and he's like, "Asmodian taught me this, and I couldn't figure it out back then, couldn't but now it, I can. Now That's I weird. I nailed it." <laughs> and he starts to think about how it's all pointless. And I was like, oh, "Oh my god, is Rand about to like kill himself and then like not be there for the last battle?" I was like, "This is this this shit went dark." Um, and then there's some really interesting pronoun play here. Um, and uh, noun play. Yes. Uh, as Rand has this giant argument with himself with some great lines. Like, we live the same lives over and over and over. We make the same mistakes. Kingdoms do the same stupid things. Rules, rulers fail their people time and again. Men continue to hurt and hate and die and kill. What if I think it's all meaningless? What if I don't want it to keep turning? We live our lives by the blood of others and those others become forgotten. What good is it if everything we know will fade? Like, this is how, this is, this was so, I don't think I cried here because it was a little too real for me because this is what my, like, this is what I'm struggling with in my life right now. That's why I was like, oh, shit. Um, the, these are, like, <laughs> we talked earlier about how I'm a nihilist and these are the things that I am currently struggling with my life, in my yeah. life, in that, you know, I, I don't, I don't have a lot of faith in humanity as a whole. Nope. And our ability to deal with um, climate change and, and what the future of our world is going to be. Yeah. Uh, and so I, much like Rand in this chapter, like I look to you and my love for you for a lot of like my purpose and why I keep going. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for my friends and, and, and honestly, like book club and like the, the, the community that we have. Yeah. Because I like Rand screams into the sky. None of this matters. And that is a feeling that I struggle with a lot. Um, and... Just honestly, like it is, it is probably the biggest difficulty in my life is trying to find um, passion and momentum in a world that I, I I struggle with viewing as purposeful. Yeah. Um, and I under, I understand why people turn to religion for that, right? It is hard to find a why to what is the human existence. Yeah, and it's it's really easy to like. Use religion as a, a crutch for that because you don't have to come up with it yourself. There's a there's a system, there's a thing already in place that you can lean on, mm-hmm. um, and and a lot of people do. And I think that in a lot of ways that's valid. I think that there's you know that a whole other discussion about like the evils of religion, but I understand why people are drawn to it for sure. 
Yeah, um, I, I think that Rand's conclusion is a little easy because he knows reincarnation is real, right? And so the like the 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 wheel of time version of the answer to this question is a much simpler one than I think the reality is because I don't personally believe in reincarnation. Yeah. I have to come up with, a, it is a little bit harder for me to get to the answer. There are people that are very upset with us that we don't believe in reincarnation, which Wait, I find really? very funny. There were a couple comments on, it was either last week or the week before his book club, when we were talking about Grandall and New People. It would have been last week. Last week, yeah, yeah. Who are very upset that we don't wholeheartedly believe in um, reincarnation, which I found very interesting. Um, yeah, I don't believe in past lives. Sorry. I, uh, if you do, great. Like that's uh, you. I I'm not telling you what to believe. I'm just saying what yeah, I believe in. Right? Yeah, it, it could very possibly exist. I just I have uh, I have no reason to believe that it does. Um, um, and then it gets interesting in uh, who's talking. Because uh, yes. we we have why do we live again? Luce Theron asked. Yes, Rand said. Tell me why. Maybe Luce Theron said. Why could it be? Maybe it's so that we have a second chance. And then I don't think from that moment on, Luce Theron is ever mentioned again. No. Uh, it is Rand talking to Rand. Luce Theron has this moment. Maybe it's so that we have a second chance. Is Luce Theron's final like time where it's Luce Theron speaking. And from then on, it is Rand speaking to himself. And I think that there's something so beautiful about... I, I know that you didn't love the way they were melded here. But I do love that Rand finds that Tam, that Tam is the one that helps Rand find his way back to being one person. Yeah, like Rand's individuality and his personality return to him because of his father, uh, and I think there's something really like wonderful about that. And and the amount of power, like you know, Rand uses the Choden Call to mesh Mashadar and the Dark One's taint against one another to to destroy them. Yeah, and he does the same thing with him and Luce Theron here, and he uses and burns up the Choden Call to unite himself. To bring himself together. And I think that there's something really beautiful about the the final act of this great piece of power that Rand has been clinging to is not to destroy, but to unify and to make whole. And Rand is made whole by his father and by the power that for so long has so many people have feared. People have looked at him carrying that around. Nynaeve in particular has looked at him carrying around this object of impossible power with such fear and its final action in this world was to unify and, and yeah. to make him whole. And I think that it is, um, it's so moving. It really is. It's so, so, so moving. Yeah. Yeah, I had a different experience with this chapter. Because, mm -hmm. again, I, I like I said, I, I definitely got a little um, emotional about the, this doesn't matter. You know, this doesn't fucking matter. Why, no. why the hell am I even trying, right? Like, what is the fucking point? Um, and... When I read through this, I didn't get from it that Rand used the power to, like, meld himself with Luce Theron. I thought he was using the power to break the Choden Call. Like, I, I, it, it was... This this moment is dramatic in, in, like, a fantasy sense. Like, this is, this is for storytelling purposes and uh, to, to make it accessible for the reader to like have a touchstone for what happens in this moment mm -hmm. it didn't feel to me like it felt like rand is like and i know i knew loose theron would never talk to me again and i was like 
why? Because. Why though? Like I, 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 I thought he was destroying the Chodan Call, and then it was like suddenly Luce Theron was gone. And it, it's not like Luce Theron was just a voice in his head. It tried to seize the power. It was acknowledged as being real by like Simrhaj and and that kind of thing. And so, I, I'm not gonna lie. The ending of this moment, I don't think really landed for me because I don't felt like I entirely understood what was happening. It felt like it was just an easy fix. I, I don't view it as that at all mm-hmm. because... Yeah, we have very different interpretations of this. Because it is... Ran- For me, whether or not he was using the power to unify himself doesn't matter to me. It's the fact that in letting go of this power, in destroying it, in using all of this power to, to open the sky and bring the sun back, yeah, Rand lets go of this vision of himself that mm-hmm. he's been holding on to. And in doing that, him and Luce Theron become one again. And it is it, it, it doesn't matter to me whether the one power was important or not in that unification, but it is in the fact of using this power and in 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 let you letting go of the idea that he has to wield this thing by himself and be alone mm-hmm. and use the most power possible to fight the biggest fight possible. In letting go of that and in actively destroying the possibility of that because he doesn't need it he becomes whole in finding himself again. Like yeah. it is more about, and yes, it is, it is fantasy and it is story, but it is, it is about him letting go of the vision of what he thinks the dragon reborn has to be mm-hmm. to be himself because that is who the dragon reborn actually is. Yeah. And in letting go of that vision, I think that he's almost been holding on to loose Theron as a voice in his head because he, he as Randall Thor wasn't, even though he accepted he was the Dragon Reborn, wasn't able to accept that it was him. It's always been, well, Luce Theron. It's always been, well, there, you know, there's all these outside forces. And by by pushing all of this power into pushing down the idea that he has to do this by himself, he opens himself up to the other side of himself and becomes fully realized as a single entity again in a way that he has been fighting against because he couldn't accept that other half of himself. I think that the chapter wants us to think that Luce Theron was Rand all along. It just gets weird for me that, like, Luce Theron has different memories than Rand. Luce Theron knows different people than Rand Because does. that, the, Luce Theron is still Rand. Yeah. And Rand is Luce Theron. They are the same person. They're one soul across two timelines, right? Yeah. So, so they, they, Luce Theron's memories are still Luce Theron's memories, but they're also Rand's memories. Because he is Rand, but Rand couldn't accept that until this moment. Yeah, but like most people don't remember their past lives; they just get turned up by the wheel. And so, it felt like they were they were different people in this. And I think the reason why this moment doesn't work for me is because they felt like two separate people. And Rand is like, "No, we're actually the same person." And I was like, "Well, but like you're not really because you have made dis- different decisions. Like like Luce Theron's decisions are different than Rand's decisions." And it's like, did he, like, learn from last time? Which I'm assuming is why he's on Dragon Mount. Because he's not like, yeah, I'm gonna... He's, like, almost does the same thing that Luce Theron does, but then doesn't. And I just don't really know... Which is why I almost wish that this moment had come a little bit from an external source. Like, like, uh, like... What external... This is all internal dialogue. Like, there's almost... I I I don't even know how they do this on the show because of how internalized it is. No, no, I know, I know. I just think that, like, him, like, 
he, he I think that like breaking this cycle that credit like at least a little bit should go to the people in his life and I honestly thought that like Egwene was gonna show up and like be like just a uh, like just even just like as a face like was gonna see something happening on Dragon Mount um and there would be like this platonic like shift in Rand that that came from the love in his life as opposed to just he just decides. It does come from the love in his life though. I, I don't think you need another person there for Rand to have this realization. Yeah, I'm just saying that like for me, like I it, it didn't really like click for me. That's fair. Because he feels like two separate people, not one and the same. I don't know. I guess I sometimes feel like I'm two separate people. And so I, I relate to that. And I, I, I apparently that's like, whatever, it, it like a thing. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I can relate to having two voices in my head that don't have the same opinion. And having to figure out what I actually want. Yeah. Even though I'm being pulled in different directions. And I think Ryan just had an extreme version of that. I do want to go back up really yeah, quickly. Yeah, there was some... uh, Biz D, think of that super chat. Thank you for the super uh, chat. I don't think the power had anything to do with it. It was all psychological. That's fair. I, I, I think the moment does, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that it is kind of open to interpretation. Uh, Tom Maines, thank you that, uh, for, for joining the Nargs for thank a full you. year. Welcome. 12 months. Let's love go. that you guys like book club again. Let's go. I want to be very clear. I never disliked book club. I just didn't like the books. Didn't love the certain <laughs> books. Yeah, um, yeah, Turvok, thank you for that super chat. Nerdy gets it mostly, but I 100% interpret it like you. Clara's my first read. Read and find out for some more help, maybe. Yeah, we'll get there. There's more. There's two more books, right? Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know why Bella wasn't there. I, I just have... I, I, I'm not 100% sure why this didn't work for me, but it just kind of felt like... Oh, and I'm good. Oh, never going to hear Luce Theron again. And I was like, but why? Because if you are the he, same person, that voice should still be there. Like, you know, no, that because he's accept- he doesn't internal- need the voice anymore. He needed the voice before this, and he doesn't need it now. Why did he need the because voice? Because he couldn't fully accept. Because he needed there to be a version of the Dragon Reborn that he could point to. So that he could externalize an element of himself that he didn't want to recognize and deal with. And by finally recognizing and dealing with and integrating that into himself, he doesn't need that voice anymore. He doesn't. Which, he doesn't. He doesn't would, need to externalize his issues or cut himself off from the world. That would make a hundred percent total sense to me if Luce Theron wasn't a totally separate person who had different memories and opinions and. But the thoughts. important thing is like, that he never was. He never was a separate person. He always was Rand. Rand just couldn't accept it until now. But it wasn't always because Rand at the beginning doesn't have any of this. Like no, no, but I mean, no, but my point is that Rand's inability to accept that they were always the same person was the problem, not the fact that they were different. They were always the same person. They also almost never disagree with one another. Luce Theron sometimes fought to use the one power, but like in terms of their perspective on the world, they almost never disagree throughout the entire series. They just yell at each other a lot and they frustrate each other, right? But, like, they get on board with each other's shit really quickly. And, like, even earlier in this, Rand was starting to say, Rand says early in, early in the reading, the vo- Luce Theron's voice doesn't sound like Luce Theron anymore. It sounds like him. Yeah, I know it starts to sound more and more like him. I just... Because the entire time they were the same person, Rand just couldn't fully accept that. And now that he can, that voice is gone because there, there's nothing for Rand to point to anymore except himself. 
he can finally look inward and finally take responsibility like Egwene. This is really like a responsibility thing like we were talking about with Egwene. Rand can finally take responsibility for himself as being the Dragon Reborn and how important that is to his narrative. Yeah, it just feels weird of Luce Theron being in his head, being like, there's a madman in my head. Yes, and I think that part of that is Rand expected madness because of the story of the taint. And mm. Rand bought into the story of the taint so much that he he placed madness on Lucerin, not realizing that it was just his grief. Mm. And, and and you know what? I'm assuming that Rand also is in so much pain because what? Interestingly, Rand the doesn't talk about the wounds back. in his side, yeah, because he's been externalizing that pain into a voice in his head. He has been projecting it away from himself intellectually. All his feelings. Lucerne is the one weeping about the women that he's killed. Yeah, but Samaraj says that that's like a thing. That like people go mad and Yeah, and Samaraj also says that they can be brought back together. Samaraj says that you can reunite the the, the the voice in the mind, but it is incredibly hard to do. Oh, I don't remember that. Samaraj is the... Because Samaraj is the only one who's done it, right? Like that is that is why Samaraj is the brilliant person is because she's the only person who's been able to reunite the the voice in the head like this. Mm. Like this isn't Rand is not the first person to do this. Yeah, I I don't know. I and I I totally appreciate your point of view, and I, I hope you don't feel like I'm trying to pull you to mind. I, I don't want to like argue with you no, and like try no. and I just I just want to explain my point of view on this because this is one of this is one of my favorite moments in the series. Totally, and I think it is so brilliant to me and the way that I read it in that like Rand has shunted responsibility and and pain and grief into this voice in his head for so long. Yeah. And he is finally going to feel those things for real. And I think it's, I, I just, or sorry, Grendel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just loved it. I, I loved it. I think it's great. And um, I'm, I'm sorry that didn't work for you the same way. No, I just, I just, I, I, just the, the, the final beat of it just like, just rang a little hollow for me in That's a way fair. that was like weird because I, like I was so emotionally invested um, in what was happening in the rest of the chapter. Arzu, thank you for that super chat. Uh, Tam's thank episode you. one speech was written specifically to be played over the scene when the show does it. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that makes sense. Gathering Storm epilogue. Bathed in light. Uh, Egwene. Um, is, this is just another chapter. I don't know why this is the epilogue. This is just another chapter of the book. Uh, kind of, yeah, feels like it. Well, it does, like so many of the epilogues in this series cut to other perspectives or are from perspectives that we don't typically see. Yeah. And this is just another Egwene chapter. So yeah. I, I thought it was a little weird that it was the epilogue. But um, it's it's really just about Egwene and Sylviana. They work really well together. Yeah. This is working out. Uh, I'm, I'm Yeah, uh, Sylviana's strengths really help uh, Egwene accomplish what she needs to do. I did like that she's like, Ramonda and Lelaine are going to be problems for the rest of my fucking life. Yep. Yeah, yes, they are. Yes, they are. Uh, and most of the Black Aja who are in the White Tower uh, escaped. Escaped. And she has a proper desk. Yeah, yeah. She got rid of all of, um, uh, she got rid of all of, uh, Aleda's shit. Yeah. Um, oh, and she's also not, um, just fixing the wall, uh, up completely. She's, mm-hmm. like, leaving a monument with the, with the rose glass, um. She identifies three people she thinks might be Masana. I think they're all wrong. Who do you think Masana is? I think I figured it out. You think you figured it out? Yeah. Who? I think I figured out who Masana is. Really? Yeah. And I'm like fairly confident. Who do you think Masana is in the White Tower? And got around the Oath Rod? Um. I, I think it's so obvious now. Really? Yeah. 
I think it's like so obvious. Don't, is the problem is I don't remember anyone's names. You remember this person's name. Do I? Yeah. Sure. Uh... You didn't have any guesses in this chapter? You weren't thinking about it? No. Okay, well I then have... I'll just say mine. Yeah. It's Laris. What? Yeah. No. Yes, it's no. Laris. No. Yes. Mm -hmm. No. Mm-hmm. No. Who else would it be? The one character that has been at the center of all of the Black Aja plots. They needed the, the rebellion, so she got Swan out of the fucking place. As soon as Egwene's plan was working and she was undermining Aleda and Aleda's destruction of the White Tower, Laris is the one that's going to secret her out of the thing. Laris has been there the whole time. And you know who's not going to be given the oath rod to swear the oaths and ask if she's a dark friend? Laris, because she's a cook. And nobody's going to look at the cook. But she has no power in the tower. Like, it just doesn't seem like one of the Forsaken would She doesn't would need that take... power. She just needs to hear everything. Who hears everything? The fucking kitchens. The kitchens everywhere know everything about everybody. Laris, Laris shows up as a smoke monster to, like, influence the dark Black Aja who work there. But Laris is the fucking Masana. I'm calling it now. I'm calling it right now. Okay. All right. Varen thinks Laris is a good person. Laris has got everyone convinced. She's She's in. But like we know that the what the bottom of Masana's dress looks like, and that doesn't sound like something Laris would be wearing. Like Laris is you know in, like what? kitchen right. clothes. I think I think that the the limit on the Forsaken's power is their clothes. So I think that that's no. But I just mean like that's that just seems like it would be too nice of a dress for Laris to be wearing, right? Because. Because there, there's Unless like the vision she's that like a forsaken and changed or used magic. No, but she used magic to hide herself when she was talking to Alviarin, right? And uh, uh, didn't Alviarin like kind of see the the weave like ripple a little bit and it's like, oh no, I can see the hem underneath the disguise. Sure, but who knows what Masana was wearing to that meeting? Who has more access to the entire? tower than the head chef who gets to hear all the gossip who has her servants running notes and shit around the palace secretly in soup Laris is shady as fuck I think I, I think I've called it I think I figured it out just weird like what why did she take a liking to Min then to fuck with her what does Laris do to Min Laris treats, Laris makes Min do everything she doesn't want to do. Laris is like fucking with her the whole time. Oh my God, you're such a pretty girl. Laris literally makes Min's life miserable. When Min gets away from her, she's like, I'm so fucking glad I can finally get away from what Laris was doing to me. I'm calling it. I'm calling it now. I might be wrong, but I'm, I'm calling it. Okay. Uh, and then, um, hmm. so, uh, Sylviana's like, you gotta come see this. And Egwene is like, 
what? Um, Carlac said, uh, thank, thank you for that super chat. chat. Way back in like book four, Nerdy predicted Egwene needed to be captured one more time before she becomes Amelyn. He was right. I'm always right, guys. Yeah. My yeah. prediction's always right. That level up. Masan is Lars. Uh, so she takes her out into uh, the hall where a beautiful uh, rose-tinted window is being installed so that they remember the attack forever. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they look out and the sun is gonna shine again. 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 Nailed it. If you've never listened to the musical Bright Star, I recommend it. It's on Spotify. Uh, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful musical written by Steve Martin. It's very sad. We'll make you cry. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this is um, this is probably the last happy moment we're gonna have for a while. So enjoy it. Yeah, honestly. Uh, hopefully, food starts growing because I don't really understand how anyone's alive at this point. But yeah, yeah, yeah here we yeah. are. Yeah. At the end of a, at the end of a book. Guys, we made it. We, we made fucking it. made it. Eight hundred twenty-four pages. Let's go. I like this one a lot. Me too. I uh, I really like this book a lot. Uh, this is definitely one of my favorite books in the series. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. Uh, contend like uh, probably gonna end up being in the top three at least. Like I, I you know I don't know. Um, I mean it, yeah I mean both of the next two books would have to be remarkable for this to get pushed down. Yeah. Because this was great. I I just I I. And, like, I had some complaints early on, but, like, there were small things. They didn't really matter that much. Yeah, this, yeah But this yeah. book as a whole was just really beautiful. And and Brandon Sanderson is just, he's brought a lot to the series that I love. Shall we high-low? Yeah, let's do it. I don't know if you guys know this, but the way that we high-low here <laughs> is that my family used to do this when we were at dinner so that we could commiserate over each other's lows, celebrate each other's highs. The way we do it is Clara starts with her high. I do my low. She does her low. I do my high because we compliment sandwich this beach. Mm-hmm. Clarus, what was your high for the final section of The Gathering Storm? Um, There are so many true. good moments. It's true. Like so, so, so many. Do you know what your high is? Of course I do. Okay, I'm like trying to like anticipate it so I can pick something different. You know what my high is. Is it her speech? Yeah. yeah, okay. So I'm going to pick I'm going to pick uh uh Egwene handling uh Gowan. Mm, good good moment. Good that, moment. that that one just like really um set a standard for this series that I know and believe it can live up to. Um especially with its commentary on um you know, uh, uh perceived gender roles. So mm-hmm. that that is my high. I think it's fantastic. What's your low? My shirt. Yeah, fuck Catswain. I just hate her. I just, I think, like, she's made everything worse. And she's so narcissistic that she can't see that. And it's so disappointing because she could have been a force for good. And I think she has honestly been a force for the dark. Yeah. Without even, know, without even wanting to be. Uh, but um, that's what narcissism does. It, it unfortunately, it, it burns the people around the narcissist um, uh, first. And then it burns the narcissist themselves. But yeah. I, uh, yeah, I just, I, I really, I, do, I find her to be an absolutely miserable character, and I'm, uh, I will not miss her when the series is over. That's fair. Milo is, I don't really know what Min is doing. Like, why she's there working with, like, I, I just don't. Randis pushed her away, right? She's, no, I know. She's, she's struggling, is what she's doing. I know. I wish we got some insight as to, like, what she wants from 
this like from from working with Ked Swain and mm, like not mm-hmm. being around Rand as much. Like I don't know. I it's weird, right? I I just I. That, I, I don't know how I feel about it, and so it's just I, my low. I hear you. I think that what I love about Min right now is that she does feel pushed away, and she is struggling with Rand, and yet she's so devoted to him that, that she's still spending her time trying to help him, even if it's from afar. Yeah. Like, she's still trying to figure out things for him, and I think that that level of loyalty is really beautiful, and I agree with you. Like, I, I think that Min is being a little bit shunted, but I, I don't... I don't know what else she can do right now. Like ever since Semiraj, ever since he lost a hand because of Semiraj's attack, um, I don't know that she knows how to approach him anymore. Yeah. Because she feels responsible for that. Fair. And so I think that she's trying to do her best in a way that I understand and, and I, I empathize with. Yeah. Fair. No, I, I, I just, yeah, it's it's just weird to me. Um, I think uh, my high is obvious. It's uh, Egwene's speech. I read the entire thing on this stream. We might get DMCA'd for that. I don't know how that works. But I put plenty of my commentary in there, so I think it's I think it's understandable. Uh, I yeah. think it is just one of my favorite pieces of writing. It, it is such a... There's so much love for the early books in it, in particularly in the way that um, Brandon Sanderson writes the Aiel's influence on Egwene. And I love that you can just so feel the Aiel's influence on Egwene throughout that speech. It's it's one of my favorite pieces of writing in the whole series. I, I just, I really, I was so moved by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much brutal honesty in it and so much kindness in it and so much hype in it. And it just, it really hits all of the the the, the things that you want to hit. And I, I do hope we get to see it in live action. And if we do see it in live action, I hope they don't change a word because uh, I would be very disappointed. I think it is, yeah. it's just perfectly done. And I think it really highlights that Brandon Sanderson didn't try to make this series his own. Yeah. He pulled from the earlier stuff and the source material and really honored Robert Jordan. There's so much love and respect for Robert Jordan in this book. Yes. Um, which I appreciate because I came into this book struggling with my love and respect for Robert Jordan because yeah. of the previous novels. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I think that um, Brandon Sanderson rekindled my love for The Wheel of Time as a whole by having so much love and respect for Robert Jordan's writing instead of writing a Wheel of Time book that made me love Brandon Sanderson yeah. and want to, like, forget yeah. about Robert Jordan. Yeah, 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 I don't think he did that. I think yeah. he did a really wonderful job paying tribute to a man who he clearly had a lot of love and respect for. Yeah, and, you know, honorable mention, obviously, to the stuff with Rand. Like I said, there were so many highs of this book mm-hmm. that it's really difficult to, to, to you know, pick one. They're, like, yeah. this, and this section just full of bangers and... It's going to be interesting to see what the next book is after this. Moment. I hope we get, um, I really hope we get Avienda's Ruidian moment. I hope so, yeah. Yeah, I was I was hoping that was going to be this week. So I'm, I'm hopeful it's early in the next book. So I want her back with Rand soon. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Uh, y'all, that is going to be book club for this week. Um, what a week. What a book. Uh, the what questions channel is going to open. Uh, get your questions in for full book recap next week. Yes. Uh, I'm excited to talk more about this book. I this I'm like... There were some times in the slog where I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do a full book recap. But now that we're here, I I, I want to keep talking about The Gathering Storm because I do love it so much. And I'm reminded why I wanted to do the full re- book recaps in the first place. Uh, this book is a perfect example. I, I'm not done talking about this novel yet. Yeah. So please get your questions in. Um, sometimes we do kind of just general questions. Uh, let's let's really, I want to dive into Gathering Storm with you all. So please um, keep in mind that uh, the funny questions are great, but I would like to have some deep ones um Mm -hmm. and uh yeah we will uh we will see you all read the opening of the lines of the next book no we do that uh in the full book recap in the recap yep yep to set us up for the following book club 
Malindio uh, asked, did Nerdy not like the slog books? I don't know. There's what? 40 hours of podcast of me talking about them. So you can go <laughs> determine for yourself how I felt. Yeah, you can take a look at I that. I think I made it pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Um, Hopefully we'll see some of you all for the morning show on Monday, 11 a.m. Yeah, it's going to be big. It's going to be big. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Uh, and uh, if you like this video, like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, head over to Apple Podcasts, rate this podcast five stars. Write whatever you want because we will read it. Clearly, I read that entire poem. So You, uh, you did that. Okay, try, you know, try and keep them a little bit shorter than that one, maybe. Maybe, but if you don't want to, don't. I'll read it. Uh, uh, follow us on the internet. I'm at Nerdy Nightly. I'm at Clarus Polaris. As always, y'all, do something nerdy tonight. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye to everyone who doesn't want to listen to Smut Corner. What? What's Smut Corner this week? I mean, I don't know. It's probably just all Swan and Gareth Bryan, right? Like, you know, like, I just... Where aren't they going to fuck? They're going to fuck in every room of that White Tower. Every fucking room. That poor library in the basement room. no one goes into. Brian's going to bend Swan over that desk. Just fucking plow town that oh shit. Oh, my God. I don't know. Swan seems like the kind of person that's like, no, after we get married. And that just is very... That's sad. No. No, no, no. No, no, the, no, no. the world might end. You know, nah, you got to get... that night. got to get your boning in. Uh... Um, yeah. There's not a lot of other places I would put it, honestly. It's tough. Yeah. 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 Miranda having some me time on Dragon Mount. It's like, I just need a low release, you know? She need yeah. to chill out a little bit. Ket Swain's girls are doing needlework. <laughs> the fuck? They're pillow friends. They'll dine in Corel for sure. sure, sure not Corel, sure. the other one with them. Um, yeah, not a lot. Not a lot of Smut Corner. Lot, oh, all of the, like, pillow friends that were Salad Barbarians. On opposite sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. They come back the together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get to reunite and... Uh, one thing I'm excited for the next book is if the 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 Aes Sedai that stayed out of it, them coming back to the White Tower now, what that's going to look like. Oh, I mean, some of them will for sure. I, probably not all of them, though. Yeah. None of the black Aja will, because no. they'll be warned, but... Yeah, yeah, they ain't going anywhere near there. Yeah, this wasn't a very... This wasn't a very, um... This wasn't a very sex-heavy section. No, Not no. a lot of room for that. This wasn't super spicy, but, um... Yeah, yeah I but it was think... Great. Gareth and Swan brought all of the spice. Yeah, this was one of um, this was one of my favorite uh, weeks of reading we've done. It was very, very, very good. Yeah. Do something nerdy tonight, y'all. Bye, guys. Thank you to our mods. Bye. Bye. <laughs>